Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken. I'm joining me in studio. As always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a packed show today with uh-huh. a lot of breaking news. So we Let's jump right into the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. You can find all our social media links and so much more at Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Dot com. Join in the conversation. Always remember to use the hashtag ODPH. Let us kick off with the big bombshell that we have to give credit to where credit is due. Uh-huh. Padawan J called us. Uh-huh. He has mentioned that a certain trailer was going to be coming because a season two was creeping around the corner on Disney+. Plus. A lot of people were wondering where it was, seeing as it comes out at the end of October. You know, here we are sitting about a month and a half away from it. We haven't seen anything from it other than pictures and official releases, I think, through Entertainment Weekly. But yet no trailer. And I know we off air were kind of wondering when they would drop it. And we were kind of picking Monday Night Football games to do it. Maybe they would do it during the NBA playoffs. And no, they just, without any fanfare, without any, you know, hoopla, they just kind of dropped it. They're like, oh, hey, here you go. Yes. And what show are we talking about? The Mandalorian Season 2. Yes. The Mandalorian, the Star Wars spinoff that has been the flagship show for Disney Plus. So far. So far. through. Uh, and normally that wouldn't be the case, but, you know, circumstances being what they are, it is right now. Absolutely. But this is a show that def- definitely captured the viewers. Star Wars Fanatics mm-hmm. is a rave review to hit. Became a pop culture phenomenon, like faster than I thought it would. Right, because of one new character that has completely shaken the mythos and the, mm-hmm. the fan base to the core, and that mm-hmm. is one Baby Yoda. Yep. So the story of the bounty hunter known as the Mandalorian and how he has gone on the saga to protect Baby Yoda and the trials and tribulations that come with it yeah. has absolutely been a stellar hit for Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. It's, it's the reason you have a subscription right now. Oh, yeah. And I and we got to give credit where credit is due to the folks behind the scenes. You know, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Taika Waititi, and all the directors and producers and, and actors and actresses and everyone top to bottom behind the show. It's a fantastic show. Uh, we also have to give credit where credit is due because, you know, Baby Yoda was a mystery. We had no inkling. There was no hint at, at you know what was coming. There was no leaks that he was that there was going to be a childlike Yoda in the thing. Nobody knew about it until the day the episode aired, and people watched it and went, went, wait, what the hell is that? And how did you keep that a secret? Yes, it was probably the best kept secret in all of Hollywood. I'd say in our recent memory. I'd say the best kept secret in Hollywood because something like that you would think would be very difficult to keep under wraps mm-hmm. the fact that you're making a childlike new character that looks like yoda and it's from yoda's same race which you know in current star wars canon there's only ever been two you know there's that yoda, we know of yeah. that we know of you know up, well, up to uh season one of the mandalorian you know there was only ever two there was the one in uh yaddle who was in uh phantom menace and then never appeared again uh and then there was also yoda Mm-hmm. You know, outside, so keeping something like that under wraps is as beloved and as, you know, much as Yoda is, you know, endeared. Yes. You know, something like that. Kudos to them for keeping that a secret. Absolutely. And since the year that it's almost been a year now since Disney Plus has came to be. Just about, yeah. Just about. So now we're going into season two mm-hmm. of The Mandalorian. It has been announced that it's coming out October 30th. Yep. 
and we did receive the first trailer, which, like I said, Pat has been very good about speculating about this. So we are going to be deep diving about this. So if you are trying to dodge spoilers, and there are some people that really just want to go in cold to this. Sure. I fully respect that. I understand that. We are giving you fair warning. We are breaking down the trailer in three, two, one. Pad. What did you think? I thought it was an amazing trailer. You know, it was enough to get me hooked and, and, and very excited, even more excited than I already was for season two. But it completely blew my mind. Absolutely. This definitely lived up to the hype. It didn't give a lot away. No. But there was some nuances that you can definitely look at and go, sure. Okay. I'm now excited for it because mm-hmm. we do know there's some bits and pieces. We do know that there have been certain actors that have been signed to come back. Yep. We do know, and this is not a spoiler if you've been following social media, that Boba Fett mm-hmm. is going to appear in some incarnation yep. during this. Yep. We did not see him during the trailer, which I actually I, I liked. Yeah. Because I don't want to know when he's coming. Yeah. Because I think that's going to really hurt the story if that, if that got leaked out early. But where this trailer kicks off, you see the Mandalorian ship flying in space to mm-hmm. where we don't not know. Not sure. No, and I think they, they kept it vague for that reason. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? You don't want to give too too much away on the opening shot. Either. No. So as it goes forward, you just see the ship going, and you do see there's a voice going of the armorer. Yep. Who is narrating this trailer. Yep. And when we get to the ground, shall we say, after the Lucasfilm's credits, yep. you see the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda coming out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. And such a cool... Like, that is, a, like, an iconic shot to me. Mm-hmm. You just see them very quietly going in, and they're going... We're, we're not exactly sure where they've landed. Uh-huh. They've been keeping a very tight-lipped. And then they flash forward to where you're seeing another planet going. That they're flying over. Uh-huh. We don't know where this is. Now, is it rumored to be Tatooine? Uh, it looks like it, but, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we've had this speculation in the past with desert-like planets. I, I remember back to uh, the first trailer for The Force Awakens, and there's that shot of the down Death or not Death Star, down to Star Destroyer mm-hmm. and, and, the, and Ray's speeders going over the landscape. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's Tatooine, it's Tatooine, you know, and it turned out not to be. And then I know uh, when the one of the trailers, I can't remember if it was the first one or one of the ones after that, but for The Rise of Skywalker, uh, came out and Ray's, you know, training and she runs and she does that, you know, backflip over Kylo Ren's Star Destroyer, or not Star Destroyer, uh, Starship. You know, but, oh, it's Tatooine, it's Tatooine. And it turned out not to be. So it looks like Tatooine and, you know, we end up seeing some Banthas and some Tusken Raiders, which are, of course, on Tatooine. So mm-hmm. maybe it's Tatooine? Not sure. Right. But then they qu- that's a quick shot they show, mm-hmm. which, I, which I know they're teasing for something else. So... Who knows? That might not even been the Mandalorian flying over for all no, we know. Yeah, so it's hard to say. I do love the slight tease. And then it picks up that you see the Mandalorian ship flying into what looks like a frozen tundra. Yeah, and I got a, a bit of speculation about this. I know the I know the popular call people are going to make is, oh, it's Hoth. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I don't, I don't think so. But see, you are the Star Wars expert of the panel. Yeah. So I'm taking your word for it. So you say it ain't Hoth, it's not Hoth. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm well, I'm not going out on a limb. I, you know, the popular speculation online is... Um, that it's a planet called Ilum. And for those who aren't familiar, you have seen Ilum in the films. Uh, You just didn't know what it was. Uh, Ilum is a planet in Star Wars that during the Republic days, you know, so the prequel era and even before that was a planet the Jedi visited when with, uh, you know, the younglings 
temples, the, you know, before their Padawans, uh, and they get their crystals to make their lightsabers. Uh, you see it in a couple episodes in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, it's featured very prominently in the most recent video game, Star Wars, or yeah, Star Wars Jedi: Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if, for those who don't know, it ended up becoming Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens. Yes. Uh, so the pop, just because of some of the trenches and the way it looks, and and people over analyzing the you know the couple of uh, shots, you know. Um, it, it, popular theory online is that it is uh, Ilum. Yeah, so I'm taking your word for it. And they, and I like that they kind of jump around to the planet so you don't exactly know. And I, no. I can't stress this enough. I thought it was well-placed on how they did it. So you yeah. don't have a, a sense of where the story is going. Because in the next shot, you see Pedro Pascal is walking through mm-hmm. a shipyard, it looks like, as the Mandalorian. And then we see the big cameo, yep. dare I say, that has been long rumored if you are a WWE fan. Well, it was rumored. It's never been officially announced, I think. No, it, it's never been official. It just said yeah. Sasha Banks, the longtime WWE superstar, yep. was going to be a part of The Mandalorian. Yep. Never announced what casting, never. Yeah, yeah. nothing nev- ever official from Lucasfilm, so I was like, okay, we'll see. Nothing is said. But during this near time... On screen, though, the narration is saying about Siths and Jedis. Mm -hmm. So we do see her standing in the shadows. Now, it's been rumored that she is playing a character known as Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren, yeah. So that's the the running theory, again, online. Uh, For those who aren't familiar, and I highly suggest you check out the series. It's a great series. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. It is a spiritual successor to uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, And one of the characters in... Uh, Star Wars Rebels is named Sabine Wren, uh, voiced by the wonderful Tia Sikar. Uh, she is a Mandalorian and, you know, wears the gear and her speciality is uh, explosives and making them all, you know, not just explosions, but making them colorful and uh, all sorts of craziness. But at the end of the series, uh, you know, I'll, minor spoilers, I won't give too much away because you really should see the series. At the end of the series, which the last a uh, couple scenes take place after Return of the Jedi. You mm-hmm. know, you don't, you don't see anything, but there's a voiceover by uh, one of the characters, I forget who, because it's been a while since I've seen it, uh, who's talking about everything that happened and who was where and who did what. And and you see one of the characters in the show went missing for reasons I, again, won't say because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Uh, she goes, the characters goes missing, so Sabine and uh, Ahsoka uh, hook up together and go off looking for this character who's gone missing. Uh, which, of course, so it's after Revenge or Return of the Jedi, which is also when the Mandalorian is set up. And, of course, we know uh, Rosario Dawson, I believe, is playing Ahsoka in season two of The Mandalorian. It would make sense for Ahsoka, who's traveling with Sabine, you know, to find this character to cross paths with the Mandalorian and the child. Yeah, so definitely something worth checking out. And like I said, the fact we saw Sasha on screen, big mm-hmm. deal. Oh, yeah. Loves, loves yeah, seeing. yeah. Because you just see her spying on the Mandalorian. And once you see that he picks up that he's getting watched, mm-hmm. you see her fade out of the screen, which yep. I thought was a cool innuendo. For uh, yeah, it's, it's like a blink. For him, it's like a blink. Wait, did I see that? Yeah, which you see Baby Yoda and, and the Mandalorian have uh-huh. like this weird exchange, too. Yep. Then we go to where you see him on a ship. Yep. Now, like we say, we don't know what planet he's no. on at this stage. Could be anything, yeah. could be nothing, but you do see there is that interaction with the voiceover, and then you see hmm, some certain ships flying yeah, in space. Yeah, some X wings. Yeah, some X wings, and you see the which is which is interesting. Yep, and then we see as they're going forward, there's like a flight scene that they're tracing down. We do see some returning characters uh-huh. to the Mandalorian. Yep. So we see the one and only Gina Carano p- coming back as Cara Dune. Yep. 
And you see Carl Weathers coming back as Grief Karga. Mm-hmm. So definitely cool to see those guys back. I gotta say, Grief uh, looking a little weathered. Yes, a uh, little little a uh, little color in the hair. Yes, he's definitely looking like he's aged a bit on the show. So mm-hmm. we definitely like seeing this. And then we see some Tie Fighters. Yeah. And then we see some Stormtroopers. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that you know. Again, if you haven't read any of the books, and I understand that if that's the case, uh, the, the the Empire is still very much around. You know, they're not as powerful as they were, and they're kind of scattered. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like a bunch of people trying to take the reins and run the show, as it were. But they're not even like officially defeated yet. Like the you know the the treaty hasn't or the the I don't know what you call it the surrender hasn't really been signed. So it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. And then as we see, we see more stormtroopers jumping into that looks, looks nuts. Like, yeah, you want to break the scene down? No, yeah. So it's them and um, speeder bikes going off a ledge in a, like a canyon looking thing, which seems suicidal. Yes. But it's a very cool moment you see. And then they do show this quick shot of the Mandalorian underwater. Mm-hmm. And it looks like in a trap of some sort. But then they flash away where he's jumping off a, a mountaintop. Too, yeah. And he's freeing somebody. And like I say, where they jump around with this. Yeah. It's quick. It's quick shots. It's quick shots. So you have to really sit there and analyze this. That he's sitting there now trying to free somebody as he's going through the frozen planet. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing just a lot of back and forth. But then I think what the scene is that is most talked about mm-hmm. is it looks like he's in some underground fight ring. Yeah. And he's watching somebody fight. And then he's talking with somebody about what's going on. And then people realize who he is. And then you just see probably the funniest moment of the trailer. Best shot of the trailer. Where Baby Yoda is seeing the Mandalorian is powering something up uh-huh. and just goes, yo, I'm out of here. Uh-huh. Flips over the dome of protection. Yep. Uh, there's already a GIF online if you on Facebook or Twitter. If you hit your GIF button, if you search Baby Yoda, nope, uh, you will find one of him hitting said button. The lid on his little you know, carrying case vessel thing will pop up and the words nope will come up. So you can feel, feel free to use, get a lot of use out of that. And one. you're going to see that so much uh-huh. later in this year. Uh-huh. And then as the screen goes black, you're hearing a fight going on. And then as it comes back, you see the Mandalorian shooting somebody yep. with a dart, yeah. killing them instantly or a knife rather. And you just see him standing around just an empty room as he walks off. Yep. And you see the, the tag sign for the Mandalorian yeah. streaming October 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Man, it looks really good. It looks freaking incredible. Lived up to the hype, uh-huh. gave enough and gave a lot, like I say, for us to talk about and break down. Because other than that, we didn't really see anything else. Sure. I mean, we just heard the voice of the armor. Sure. It was voiced by Emily Swallow. Yep. We just saw a little quick shot of Gina Carano and mm-hmm. Carl Weathers' character. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. No, so, no uh, Darksaber. No. No, you know, real hint as to what's going on. Just, hey, he's palling around with the child. Right. Like I said, we didn't see anything more of Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who plays Moff Gideon. We didn't see anything that was remotely Boba Fett that we could analyze. No. And like we said, we the only new character that we saw was whoever Sasha Banks is going to be playing. Mm-hmm. And we're just speculating with that. Mm-hmm. But overall... This is the trailer everybody's been waiting for. I don't think it disappointed. No, absolutely not. I think, if anything, it gave us a lot of questions because of where it jumped around. And I think that's a big takeaway from this trailer. Yeah. Is you definitely see a lot of movement going on here. You see him going from planet to planet, which you see in the first season, too. Yeah, of course. But it looks like the stakes are that much higher in the fact that the Empire is now involved. Mm -hmm. Well, and more so than they were in season one. Yes, because, like I say, you see stormtroopers throughout. You see them jumping off the cliff there, which looks like an absolutely freaking wild scene. Yeah, and and that's, one. I think, one of the awesome things with season two is as good as season one was, 
you know, the Empire was there, but it was kind of just this, like, local contingent, nothing really huge. They were just kind of like a thorn in the side. They're just kind of a news. But now you're getting a moth involved. Yeah. You know, you're getting a couple steps up from your local garrison. They're like, he's got a decent force at his beck and call. That like, he can just go, yeah, go there, and they have to do it. Yeah, and it's going to be something to see as it plays out because we do know that season two is under is completely filmed, correct? Yep, yep. Uh, season two was finished uh, before the pandemic shut everything down, so they were able to work on special effects and any post you know post production stuff uh, behind the scenes. So season two is done, and they're working on season three, uh, like the scripts and such. Yes, so we do know season two is going to come out as scheduled, so there yep. will be no hiccups. Nope, one episode per week, so yep. it's not going to come out in binge form. You're right, which I'm happy about. Yes, yeah, so I, am I. I know this has been a, a hot topic too. I know I'm going to get off Mandalorian just for a quick second sure because there has been a lot of complaints and a lot of review bombing shall we say of the boys mm, on Amazon mm. because they switch switch or switch rather uh-huh. if I could talk would be great they switch to releasing it weekly sure instead of binge sure and some reaction has gone to the point where they're attacking the show about it yeah I don't get it I'm sorry the fact you're getting new content during the COVID era you should be happy about because we don't have the ability to see a lot of new movies at the theaters right now, depending no. on where you live in the world. Right. Wonder Woman 84 has been pushed back. There's rumor Black Widow is now going to get pushed Which back. Which is going to push back the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Right. Although, although I'll mention that in one shots. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But the fact that people are actually attacking shows mm-hmm. for doing this. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. You're getting content. Yeah. You're getting it on the weekly basis. Yeah. It's like when you watch a TV show on yeah. network TV. Yeah. You know what? The as long as the show holds up, you shouldn't be complaining about it. Oh yeah, and no, the the, sh- the show's coming out. It's it's going to be good. And plus, the thing for me was that you know, uh, once upon a time, you know, in the heyday of the Marvel Netflix stuff, and even some of you know House of Cards and some of the all their Netflix stuff, I was able to do a whole season. You know, however long it ends up being in a day. Yeah, I, I had a method. You know, watch an episode as soon as I get up in the morning. If I'm going to work, you know, watch one while I'm at work. Go to the gym. You know, go on the treadmill and on the stationary bike and, and watch an, download an episode and watch it while I'm there and then go home, eat dinner and binge the show as keep going. I had a whole method and I was able to do that, but it, it got to the point and just with life and, and extra, you know, commitments and, and just not being able to stay awake as late as I used to be able to. I just can't do a full season in a day anymore. And plus, the thing of it is, is as nice as it was to get the whole season done in a day. And, and then binge the whole thing and then talk about it. There was always that empty feeling at once you were done of, well, shit, now I got to wait a whole other year, hopefully, yeah, you know, to watch season two or season three or whatever the next season ends up being. I like the weekly release. It gives me time to rewatch it, discuss it with people. Oh, that, you know, somebody else might have caught something I didn't catch the first time through that I'll be able to catch on the second viewing through. Mm-hmm. And it just and it just feels more natural. It does. But I think the point is, even if it was came out all at once or it spread out weekly, mm-hmm. the fact that you're going to bash a show if they decide to go weekly. Sure. I just can't get around. Sure. And I've been hearing about this about the boys. The Boys has been phenomenal this year. That's what I've heard. It's been great. Like I say, I try not giving too much away on here because I know you're going to be joining it. Mm-hmm. And also, people are trying to catch up to it, which I get because, hey, let's face it, there's a lot going on right now. I'll say I'm watching like four different shows at the same time. Exactly. So I'm trying to really space it out where I'm not spoiling too much with it. Mm-hmm. But it's been excellent. It's been phenomenal. If you like the Garth Ennis style of writing, it is still in that same vein, even though they've taken a lot of changes with the story. Sure. We'll get into that with one shots. So for anybody that complain about it, I'm fearing that what, you're gonna complain because the Mandalorian's out weekly? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. You're getting a quality show 
that has lived up to the hype. And in The Mandalorian, you should know, because Disney Plus has been doing weekly. Mm-hmm. So I just they, said, see- they said from the outgo, outset, that first big press conference they had where they unveiled all of their programming content that was going to be coming in the in the immediate future they said from the outset we're going to be doing a weekly release schedule yeah so if anybody has anything to complain about it you know what don't watch you know wait till it's all done then subscribe mm-hmm. you, don't be complaining because we have a weekly show that we can watch that is fulfilling the fandom yeah and has been delivering and it's, has been the the product has already set the standard especially in an instance where for a lot of shows i know cw pro and i know there's a fair number of ones on the major networks so cbs nbc abc fox that you know, are going to have delays in their first season because they weren't able to film stuff. I know mm-hmm. all all the Arrow CW shows are d- not debuting until at least January or February of 2021. So you're going to be going a stretch where normally you'd be watching shows Monday through Friday, whatever it ends up being, that you're not going to be doing that. Right. So having these shows on uh, you know, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Amazon Prime that will release on a weekly schedule kind of fills that void a little bit. It absolutely does. So I have no issues with it. Final thoughts on the trailer before we close out? Uh, great trailer. Cannot wait to see it. And since I called this one right, uh, let me just tease. There's another show that people have been waiting on that doesn't involve a shield and a guy flying that uh, should be coming fairly soon. Pad has got the scoops, folks. Uh-huh. If you're not following him on Twitter, you need to start following him. I can't stress enough. And Coach Duffy, too. Because I, I, I heard some r- rumors and I heard some stuff behind the scenes, and don't come asking me for any hints or information. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But I heard about a Mandalorian trailer existing, and uh, the person told me it'd be about two to three weeks until it dropped, and it was two weeks to the day. So that being said, there is something else coming down. That doesn't involve a guy with a shield and a guy who can fly. You can figure it out. The tease is there, folks. Mm-hmm. But definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about the Mandalorian trailer? We both loved it. Yes. And I cannot wait to see what is in store October 30th. Well, so I've already got a reminder set in my phone for when to start my rewatch uh, for season two. Same here. But let's have that conversation. What was your thoughts? What was your takeaways? What did you expect to see? What did you not? Let us talk about the Mandalorian, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, all. I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom, from movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with the monster. Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. And this past Saturday... We had the sequel to one of the biggest events of 2020, mm-hmm. one of the few bright spots. Yeah. That is DC Fandom Part yes. 2. Yes. Now, last week, we did preview everything that was going to be going on this because the original idea for August 22nd was going to have 
these six multiverses of DC comics doing their own Comic-Con online, Mm -hmm. different multiverses for the different fandoms. When they decided to get to the the first Saturday, they decided to just do Hall of Heroes on repeat, and that was the mic drop moment of everything. Pretty much. You had the big movie announcements. You had the big TV show announcements. So this one was going to be everything that was left over, Mm -hmm. and it was already filmed, so we did know that we had to temper some expectations with this, but they still delivered a lot of big news. Yeah. We did do a live reaction on 607 Podcasts on Twitch. So if you're not following twitch.tv slash 607 Podcasts, you need to start following so you can definitely catch up on the live reactions as we were doing it when uh, Rich from 3FN and myself. But with Pat in studio, I kind of want to break down some of the bigger moments, get his reactions sure. of what's going on because as far as I was concerned, this event was a good event. Mm-hmm. Was it the blow-away event? No. No. But it definitely gave some morsels of information that I think was the cherry on the proverbial Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't the meat and potatoes, but it definitely was a, a meal to ingest yeah. here. Yeah, and of course, it was going to be hard to top, you know, day one with all the bonkers announcements and trailers and everything with that. But it came close. It definitely did. And, in fact, I think we were talking on the stream about this, Rich and I. And we were even saying if they held off on doing the Matt Reeves trailer for Batman mm-hmm. until this event, yeah, it would have just been equal. I yeah, thought. oh sure, sure. Because I just think there's so much going on with the Matt Reeves trailer that you, how do you how do you top that? You'd need to come out with a full blown Henry Cavill yeah. cameo. Yeah, you, you would yeah. need something to really match it. We didn't get it, but we did get some news, so we are going to start deep diving into DC Fandom Part Two. And what really stuck out to me: some good, some bad, and some indifferent. So. We open up with the news that broke just a hair before DC Fandom started, mm-hmm. and that was no shocker to anybody. Is just made official. Doom Patrol, the hit series on DC Universe, which is now fully moving over to HBO Max, as we know that all the original programming is going over there, is mm-hmm. now been officially greenlit for season three. Yes. Which made perfect sense. Yeah, Had no, no surprise. No surprise there at all. No. Super happy about this. And I was like, okay, well, this is how we're going to start the day. Let's do it. Say a good start. Yeah. Albeit, though, when they got to the stream about fandom, they were having some issues. And I do love the tweet they sent out. Yeah. That the Riddler was messing around with things. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But once we got into fandom, Everything was just a, a choose-your-own-adventure, so to speak. It just went in like a normal con. You mm-hmm. said, okay, which one do I want to go to? Okay, here's where I go. Yeah. And every verse had something for a different fan. So we did focus on the watch verse, and that's where we're really going to break down. What they kicked off with was there is a new theme coming for Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. done by Junkie XL. Yep. And we get a little tease of it. I thought it was good. I wasn't exactly like running to my iPod trying to uh, yeah, download it. Yeah. But I'm like anything with this movie, yeah. the bar is set pretty high to hit. Right. And I, I don't know if the expectations are fair. Right. But this was just another back, you know, piggyback to what right. we saw with the original Snyder Cut trailer. Right. And and my opinions and thoughts of Justice League Snyder Cut aside, it's such a weird thing to unveil. Like, oh, hey, here's a. Was it the full theme or just like a teaser? It was like about a minute worth. Uh, that's just a, such an odd thing. Like, not even just for Justice League. And I get, I hate Justice League Snyder Cut, and I'm probably not going to watch it. But just in general, like, if you're unveiling something for a movie, you know, unless it's like a new Star Trek movie, it's about the only instance I can think of where you would have a, a property coming out with a theme song that, like, 
I'd be amped up for, or maybe even Doctor Who to a certain extent, you know, because the, the theme for Doctor Who changes up a little bit every with every new Doctor incarnation. Mm. But like, in, by and large, but like Star Wars, the theme stays the same. Marvel, you know, it's going to be, you know, you know, the fanfare with the, uh, the opening credits, you know, but it's just such a weird thing to like, oh, hey, we're going to give you a little teaser of the theme song for Justice League, because I'm sorry, when I think Justice League, you know, I'm not exactly one of the few things I'm thinking about isn't the score or the theme song or what have you. Yeah. And, and I, it just doesn't have one of those iconic themes or one of those, you know, you know, Lord of the Rings. I hear that that theme Pirates of the Caribbean. And I hear that, you know, there, there's just certain movies that like you hear the name and then you, you know, theme, you think of it. James Bond is one, you know, Mission Impossible is another one. You know, Justice League, it's just so weird. It definitely is, but it just kind of goes to what were they going to do after releasing a trailer. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was, if you're really excited about this film, and let's face it, this film has one of the most polarizing fan bases. Mm. Because either you're all in about this movie or you don't care. Right. There is no in-between. Right. And, like, I know you're definitely not into it. Me, I'm like, I need to see what this hype is about. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not mind Justice League. I thought it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Is it one of those films I really can't watch? No. I consider that Batman vs. Superman part, the, the original cut. Sure. Can't stand that movie. The director's cut has some promise to it, though. Sure. I will say it, it's a better one, but for what they were trying to do, is just too much too soon. And I've always been very critical about Justice League because what I felt is, whether it was Wheaton's fault or uh, the original idea that Snyder had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way... You didn't take the time to establish to a mainstream audience who Cyborg was, uh-huh. who Flash was, and who Aquaman was. Right. You had your big heavy hitters already established because they've already been in films. Even Wonder Woman to a certain degree. But you still had the fan base really not connecting with mainstream fans. And I think that that did scare some people off. Mm-hmm. Albeit, though, the Justice League is probably the biggest superhero team in all of superheroes' history. Yeah, they're up there. It has to be. I mean, It kind of depends on who you're asking, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Avengers, if you look lineup to lineup throughout the years, Justice League weighs out. Right, right, right. You had the the biggest hitters in all the DC universe on the team at once. Right, yeah. Uh, how you top the big seven, you don't. And even when Grant Morrison decided to reboot it and then made it into like the team of 16, you have to go back and read that whole storyline. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But it gets a little weird at the end because of what he was trying to pull off. And like I say, you didn't do enough to establish that this team is the the premier team. Mm-hmm. They did in the comics, and like I said, you can go through the lineage. The bar was set too high, and they just didn't deliver. Now, like I said, you can blame it on Wheaton, uh, who took over. I mean, obviously into an unfortunate spot for Zack Snyder. And, mm-hmm. you know, I it, it was tough shoes to fill at that time. Yeah. So for the version we got, didn't live up to the hype. Now... This is all Snyder's vision. The fans are excited. And like I said, this was just a piggyback store or panel to have more Justice League yeah. go into it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that being said, it was what it was, and we'll have to wait to see when it comes out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Still, still kind of hyped up about that. Next up, we had some news involving Young Justice. Okay. And we did get the full teaser, Chiron, shall we say, okay. of Young Justice phantoms Ooh, interesting. so that's gonna be the next season it's no release date yet okay it will be coming out on hbo max right so stay tuned for more information on that but when young justice came back as the outsiders i thought it'd been pretty good i really enjoyed it so yeah excited to see where it's gonna go i don't believe it's gonna tie in too much to the comic that is out right now so i would say lower the expectations if you think it is yeah 
So wait and see on that. Uh, but I'll be excited to see where they get um, put in the schedule of HBO Max. Yeah, and I can't wait for that one just because I watched the first two seasons, I think, when it was on Netflix. God, maybe going on a decade ago? Mm-hmm. It, w- it was a while ago that the first two seasons were on because that's all there was. You know, there was only two seasons. Uh, they were on uh, Netflix and then, you know, never got around to watching it when I, the brief time I had DC Universe. So I'm definitely excited for this show to make its way over to HBO Max and check out what's come out since because I love the hell out of the first two seasons of Young Justice. And, and honestly, it's a, it's another one of those shows that it, it's a crime and a tragedy that it was ended, you know, way too soon. Yes. So I'm definitely amped up to see this. I definitely am too. Uh, like I said, I recommend it enough. I was surprised, though, we didn't see an announcement about a new season of Harley Quinn. Mm. That show has developed this family guy type following. Yeah. Where yeah. It's in limbo and yeah. the fans want to see more. Yeah. And I know they've had some opportunities to be on sci fi with it. Sure. I think they're going to green light it probably, eventually, probably. especially with how prominent it was featured at both events. Mm-hmm. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. So we'll kind of have to wait and see about that. I say I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips of it on YouTube. You know, especially there was one where I think it was Poison Ivy or was having a, a bachelorette party mm-hmm. on an island someplace, and it like it was funny. You know, it it, it was that Family Guy kind of bit of humor but with like a dc flair to it yeah you know so it's funny i can see why people enjoy it yeah it definitely is it will win you over so it, it takes a watch though for like for me i, I take a couple episodes and I was sure. like, and i had to rewatch it sure just because it, it definitely does a lot of the um non uh, margot robbie characters so oh, like okay. it, it like it, but it carves its own vein like i say it's a lot more of what you see in the comics and it's a lot more of what you see um from uh, different incarnations. Of gotcha. It. I yeah, gotcha. Like, like I say, it, it's not bad by any means. It just takes a little while to kind of get into like the wackiness and zaniness. Sure. So, but it does work. So that's where I'm trying to word that way. Also, there was some news from Jim Lee that definitely caught my eye. Okay. And I'm kind of really happy to hear about it. Uh, that there will not be an event called 5G. And that's nothing to do with cell phones. Yes, it has nothing to do with it. I know that there was a lot of questions about what was going to happen to the continuing of the DC Comics universe where we're going to go through another New 52-type moment. Right. I know it was teased at the end of Doomsday Clock, which if you haven't read, uh, you definitely need to go check out. Yeah. But I'm glad that they're going to keep things stat quo. I think trying to redo the timeline as much. <laughs> you, they, I think they follow Jim Lee's no idiot. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't still be in the industry after all these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he realizes that while it, it's – might be one thing to think about it and throw the idea around and even put it on paper. Uh, I think they realized at the end of the day how that went the last time. Yeah, which I think is smart. Uh And I think that for what they tried doing with the New 52, I will say this. I at least give them credit. I like certain aspects of it. Certain books worked, but for me as as a longtime reader... I was very turned off by a lot of it. Sure. Like the Superman stuff I couldn't get into, like him running around in jeans. Well, that was that was the first couple issues until yeah. he got his. I liked the newer costume. The newer, yeah, the newer costume worked. I mean, Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I like the, the traditional look with the underwear on the outside. You know, it, it's great. I like it. But there was just something sleek and, and stylish about the new uh, 52 costume. Yeah, like I say, it got to the point where it's like, okay, I know that was always a criticism about him wearing the underoos. So you took them off, and then you saw the fans want to see it back. Yeah, and, and that's it, usually how things go. Yeah, it, it goes that way, and I get it. So I applaud them for at least trying yeah. to do what yeah. they were thinking about. So that being said, the timeline is going to stay put. 
whatever the new version of what we're going to get out of DC. A uh, lot of hype, a lot of different panels talking about it this week. I know mm-hmm. the, they had the three Jokers panel. They yeah. also had the Joker war panel from Batman. I know it was very heavy about that. You had a lot of good things to take away from the comics point. So kind of have to wait and see. But that one really stood out because I know that when it was originally teased about the 5G and whatever the next generation of books were going to be, right? fans were very worried. I, yeah, I think that's a Understa- fair, and I, understandably so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. Yeah, so it's going to be a little shuffling of what we're going to see coming out, but I think as long as they keep the timeline and the core essence of the characters, because yeah. we, we want to see is in the DC regular comic universe, we want to see heroes and we want to see villains. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see everything so modernized because a lot of these characters, let's face it, mm-hmm. are now eighty years old. Yeah, but they're still getting fresh takes yeah like if you've read all of these you can just pick batman for example if you've seen where scott snyder has taken the book and then you saw where tom king took the book and now tynan's taking the book mm-hmm. each one has a different voice to it yes so as long as your creative voice is still bringing fresh ideas to the table mm-hmm. it still works now it does in varying degrees sure because i know tom king's run has kind of had some very high peaks and some low valleys at times, mm-hmm. depending on what you interpret it. Me, I like it for what it is overall. And I know that we got an announcement for Batman Catwoman coming out too. Right, so we'll right. Overall, though, it just goes to show that if you bring a fresh voice to a character, it doesn't matter how old they are right? as long as it works. I mean, that's what you had with Bendis, even though it was announced that he's going to be ending his run, I believe, on Superman in Action Comics. Which, which is a bummer because that run has been fantastic. Right. But he's done a lot with the book and in, interjected a new voice into yeah. Superman, which yeah. we all knew was coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And took it some very interesting ways, you know, revealing his identity to the world. Well, boy. Yeah. Which, like I say, for what he did with it, he definitely took it some places. Yeah. And it's very fun to see. And I mean, I know the Leviathan event yeah. was very polarizing, too, if I can use that word again. Yeah. And it was just something that you kind of have to wait and see. But that being said, Case, we got what we wanted. And that was a new, fresh take on a character that we've mm-hmm. seen for years. So with what they're doing, as long as I, I can't reiterate this enough, as long as they're doing the right thing with the characters. Sure. You can't go wrong with it. It's just when you get stagnant and you just wash, rinse, repeat. That's yeah. when that's when you tune out to characters. But you have to give them new challenges. You have to give them new parallels to the balance out. And if you can find that, you do wonders. I'll say there's only so far you can take it where you just do the same stories and you use the same villains and it's kind of wash, rinse, repeat, cookie cutter. Like you got to interject some flavor and, and some new takes on it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to wait and see about comics. But like I say, for everything we saw comic wise during this week. Or uh, the during the event, it was great. Yeah. So you know, I got no issues about that. No. But now to flip it back to the TV aspect, we did have two panels that I think I was most looking forward to hearing about a little okay. bit more. Okay. And both CW shows. Okay. The first one was the Superman and Lois show. Oh yeah. Now it has been long rumored about. Okay, what are we going to get out of the show? Because ever since they've decided to introduce Superman into the DCCW universe. Mm-hmm. I can't really say Arrowverse anymore. Yeah. Have to, we have to come up with something else for that. We've been always wondering, okay, what's the take going to be? Yeah. Now, the only takeaways that we did get out of this panel is they're going to be based in Smallville to start. Okay. We don't exactly know why. Sure. Uh, okay. And we do know, obviously, they're going to be raising a family. So I'm assuming Jonathan Kent is going to be so involved. They're not going to be far behind. They're not going to be far behind. And you're also going to have a new Superman costume. Mm. Now, they teased this. So okay. they didn't say what this costume is going to be. But, Pat, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think this costume is going to be? Because we have seen him in the new 52 Yeah, uh, for the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that's the interesting thing is, is maybe it'll be a, a blend of like the new and old. You know, because he's been in the new for since he's been introduced, and we've seen the old style before. It's kind of hard to figure out, you know, because it's it's kind of a basic costume. There's nothing real, you know, zany to it. Nothing real special to it. You know, maybe it'll just be an interesting. It'll be an artist's take on a blend of the two. You know, best of both worlds. I'm kind of hoping so. Like, I don't think they really need to go super crazy with it. No, I mean, if they want to keep it to the classics, sure, but. Were you going to see anything like, for example, Superman Blue or Superman Red? Oh, we can only hope. Like that's what I thought we were like possibly going to be seeing. I'm like, I don't think they'll go anywhere near that. I I, like when they announced new suit because I'm going. How do you top the suit you had for the new Fifty Two? Because I had no issue with no at all. No, I thought that it was going to be as perfect as it can be for the modern times. And like I said, it had a really interesting vibe to it. So why go break it if it's not broke? So we'll have to kind of wait and see about it. I mean, could it be possibly the black suit? Maybe. Maybe, but I, I just don't think that would That's work. That's never been his style, though. Yeah, so whatever this is going to be, we'll have to wait and see. And like I say, we know the show is going to be in, set in Smallville to start. Sure. No idea why. Yeah, they, they're, we'll they, they've All that we've heard about is there's some event that causes them to be back in Smallville. Hmm, interesting. Take it for what it is. So that being said... That was one show that I was waiting to hear a little bit more about. And the other one was the new Batwoman show. Oh, yeah. Because, obviously, with Ruby Rose leaving, a lot of questions about what we're going to get. So the panel uh, did give away some ideas of what we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Javissa Leslie, who's going to be taking over the role um, as Batwoman, she's going to be a new character known as Ryan Wilder, yeah. is going to have a new suit. Interesting. They have not said exactly what is going on. Um, they have just said that she's going to have absolutely have her own identity and they are going to address about what's going on, why Kate Kane is gone. And they're going to be showing how this new Batwoman is going to be running in Gotham, mm. rising through the ranks in Gotham. So I'm excited to see this show. Yeah. I think that do you go with a new character? It, we've touched upon this before, but I think we can't stress this enough. This is very uncharted water. Very even for most major television shows. Right. You know, yeah, you have characters leaving, characters change. I know Grey's Anatomy is one that comes to mind. Law and Order, whatever incarnation you want to look at, you know, but never has a show real outside of Walking Dead, you know, lost its main, you know, top echelon, you know, top of the, you know, cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, character, yeah, you know, like this. Walking Dead is the only one I can think of where, you know, the show went on for a little bit longer, but it lost its main main character. Yeah, this was just something that is going to be a bold take on uh, for a show, especially yeah. in a second season. It's going to be interesting to see how they they do it. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where they go with this, and I know that they've done a few more castings, so they're going to be following a little bit from where the comic was. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get definitely give it a chance. Like, I, yeah. not that I didn't watch before because I did watch, but sometimes it just had that Agents of Shield first season vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's Batman? Where's Batman? Yeah. And then it's like once, once they once they and once they established you know Kate as Batwoman, not trying to you know because for the first couple episodes it was like oh Batman's back, Batman's back, Batman's back, and then once she goes listen I'm not Batman, I'm Batwoman, I'm my own thing, you know yada yada. That's when the show got good. Yeah. So. I am perfectly fine with this, and I am going to give this a little more attention when it comes out. Because, like I said, it really kind of caught my eye that, okay, we're going to do a new character. Mm -hmm. How is this character going to be? Because, like I said, for me, 
it, it seems like they're going to borrow from the character of Bluebird. Yeah. That was in the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of Batman. Mm-hmm. Just some of the elements of the character. Yeah. So however this gets mixed up, I'm definitely going to watch. So we'll definitely be reviewing that here on the ODPH when it comes out. Yeah. Also for CW News, we did get announcements uh, for Legends of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. And they did announce that they have casted Lizeth Chavez mm-hmm. in the role of Esperanza Spooner Cruz. Mm-hmm. Now, with the events of last season, which... All yeah, over the place. Which Yeah, which was definitely all over the place. The season finale um, was everything we expected from Legends of Tomorrow. It was fun, especially uh, the Cisco appearance. Yeah, it was fun. The Cisco appearance was phenomenal. And no, we're not talking about Cisco from uh, The Flash. No, we are definitely not. Uh, if you were in the spring break in about 1999, you know what we're talking about. Hell yeah. Legends is always Legends. You know what you're going to get out of them. Mm-hmm. It's American Doctor Who. I've said it once. I'll say it again. So, obviously, with the events of what happened at the season finale, yeah. we are dealing with aliens yep. in some manner of speaking. Now, yep. we don't know exactly what. All we know from the character that we are getting is it's an inventor that has telepathy with aliens, hmm. allegedly. Well, I, and one would presume if we're dealing with aliens, uh, we might get some crossovers from Supergirl and the DEO. That would make a lot of sense to do. Might get a Martian Manhunter appearance every now and then. Yeah, if you're going to do aliens, you got to do it right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? And especially with how Supergirl is so alien-based. Yeah. It would just make sense to do. And now, now that everybody's on the same Earth. Yes. And especially for legends who are going to be going through a transition phase, obviously losing Brendan Roth and a few other characters mm-hmm. on the show, we don't know what we're going to get out of it. Now, I, no. think, I think they're obviously losing... Brendan Roth hurts oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. You still have Katie Lotts playing Sarah Lance, so that yep. helps. But where's the big hero that fans know? Mm. I mean, Heat Wave, sure. Yeah. But is he really a hero? I mean, he's just more for comic relief. He's comic relief, but I think the fans have gone from, oh, yeah, he's just a Flash villain to, I really like this character. Yeah, absolutely. So, At least that's the case for me. Yes. So that being said, we're just going to have to wait and see what we get out of the new season of Legends tomorrow. I know they're really needing a hit, and they got, yeah. they got to have some ground catch-ups. So. Yeah, and, and for me, things have got to be a little more streamlined, you know overarching story start to finish sure have a couple of subplots going on throughout the season but like don't make it so confusing to understand what's going on and, and keep it kind of streamlined yeah they definitely need to other than that for cw uh, i know there's a black lightning panel we also had another flash panel yep did not get confirmation about green arrow and the canaries right i've been getting hit up a lot about this yeah I at this stage, I don't think it's coming back. Yeah, no, I I think at this point, especially with uh, at least I know for Supernatural, or you know, they were getting ready to film some stuff. I presume that the Arrowverse shows were getting ready to film some stuff. I think at this point, especially with, with as long ago as the Superman and Lois television show was announced and that it was coming to the series, that they've even had a panel about it. I don't think it's coming. That that the the you know the backdoor pilot. Just didn't do well enough in the ratings to justify a show, which yeah. I understand, you know, would it would have been an interesting concept, but I think it would have just been, you know, that's been one of my criticisms of the Arrowverse shows for the longest time is everybody's on a different earth. You know, you got to jump through hoops to get Supergirl to help out the team. You got one character who's off in his own universe that doesn't, you know, that's pretty prominent in the comics these days, mm-hmm. you know, in Black Lightning, you know. Off in his own universe that's not even connected. And now all, they're all finally united. They're all finally on one earth. They can help each other out, not have to jump through all these hoops that they have to set up. 
and they were going to introduce another one where, hey, they're in the future, and you got to play, you know, that that's a whole mess we've talked about before with setting shows in the future and having to tread carefully with what you say about the past. So I, I'm all right with it not coming. It, you know, it was an interesting concept. It was an interesting backdoor pilot, but eh, not exactly upset they didn't do it. I'm not exactly upset about it either. I thought it would have been a great concept to do. Yeah. But when they decided to add a Supergirl over from the DC Universe, mm-hmm. I thought, well, some shows got to go. Yeah. You have... Arguably, what, six DC Universe shows? Uh, you've got Flash, Legends. Uh, you can't see, but I'm counting on my fingers here. Uh, Flash, Legends, Batwoman, uh, Le- uh, Black, Lightning. Black Lightning, Supergirl. So you got five. And then six if you want to count Stargirl, but that's yep. a whole separate universe. And then um, Superman Lois. Superman Lois, so that's seven. Yeah, so... So six in the Arrowverse universe, seven with counting the one that's in a separate one. Right, so... That being said, I mean, there was going to be a lot of CW programming or DC programming on CW. Not that that's a bad thing. No, I mean, especially you got Swamp Thing that's going to be airing uh, this fall on CW. Yeah, which I'll, that I'm going to be very interested to see. We'll, we'll dive into that when this starts coming around again. But for Supergirl, or, or rather, Stargirl to come over, I think that that was going to take the spot of Canaries. And mm. I think that that one did well enough in the ratings. Yeah. I think the fan base was there for it. Yeah. And they also had a panel at uh, Fandom as well, too. So that all being said, the fact we haven't heard anything by now, I think it's it's a moot point, and I mm-hmm. think that the Arrowverse maybe will come back in a in a cameo capacity, right? Or I could see if Legends or Black Lightning doesn't come back mm-hmm. because I know it's been long rumored that they were struggling in the ratings this past season. Yeah, that if one of those two shows doesn't come back, maybe they will go take another look about adding Green Arrow. Yeah, I mean, I know that's one of the things that's been the issue with Legends of Tomorrow for a while is it's got such a high budget with all the special effects they have to do because, hey, you're time traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of the expenses they have to do on all the costumes. Then, like, the, the expenses on the show are high and the ratings aren't exactly great. Yeah. They're there. They're not awful, but they're not stellar. Yeah, they're not stellar either. I know it's been a long rumor about Black Lightning, too. I like that right. show, though, a right. lot as well, so I'm hoping none get canceled, but we'll have to kind of wait and see, but I think with all those CW shows that something had to give, and I mm-hmm. think that it was Green Arrow and the Canaries, which they yeah. already ran their course with Green Arrow, so yeah. as much as a fresh take as it was going to be... Too soon. Yeah, it might have been too soon, and they might just had another option to go with. Uh-huh. But overall... Was there anything that you thought should have got mentioned that we didn't hear at, at Fandom this year? Well, I know there was something that got alluded to by Jim Lee in an interview, or at least on Twitter. Uh, he said on Twitter uh, during during when DC Fandom Day 2 was going on, uh, congrats, congrats to at DC Doom Patrol for the Season 3 pickup by at HBO Max. Stay tuned next week for big news about... Uh, at the DC Universe and its exciting future, hashtag DC Universe, and accompanied with it is a, uh, I, I guess, kind of like a, a, if you think of like the credits at the end of a movie, mm-hmm. you got all the stuff rolling up. It looks like it's kind of kind of the same thing, but it's it's a comic issue. So it's Super Sons, The Flash, you know, Dark Knight's Death Metal, you know, Batman, jo- one of the Joker War ones. It's you know, you got the original Action Comics uh, cover on there. You know, you got one of the new the Batman continuing the animated series on there. So you know feel like that would have been the time to announce whatever you're doing that you know feel it just feels weird to have this whole day devoted to dc and especially the comics and the movies and the tv and yeah we're gonna put it off a week I mean, my guess is that it's what they're gonna do what's dc universe's future the streaming service that it's probably gonna be a date of when everything's moving over so the animated series you know the original series and whatever else is on there and then what they're gonna do price wise 
if they're going to keep the series around. Because just going based off of this photo, it looks like they're going to keep it around for the comics. Yeah, I think they're going to keep it around for the comics. I think it's going to be switching to like a Marvel Unlimited type deal. Yeah, that's that's my guess. Which I'm okay with. But I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. I know that if you are a DC Universe member, they have the Earn the Rewards, I believe, runs out Friday. Oh. So I think we're going to hear something Saturday oh, or over the weekend. So that. That's such a weird time to announce things because you announce things on Friday so they get buried and nobody hears about them. Well, that's what I'm thinking. If they're going to say they're canceling the service, they, uh, maybe it could be because you know when they announced about all the layoffs. Yeah, and, and normally that's the case. But in this instance, for me, it's like, all right, everybody knows it's coming. Right. I think everybody does, but I think that DC doesn't want to take the bad publicity. Like, yeah. okay, well, we're going to cancel this and, yeah. and go from there. But it's going to be a fine line to walk, but we all know it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what are you going to do now in your transition phase. Right. That's what I'm waiting to hear on. As a subscriber, I definitely want to know what's going on with my service. Mm-hmm. But I know that that was something that was posted. I believe it's Friday that if you're in their rewards program that they said it's the cutoff date. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. There could be something dropping over the weekend, or maybe they're going to wait over the weekend and drop it on Monday. Yeah. Either way, we'll be covering it here on the ODPH. Yes. But for what Fandom was, and like I say, there was very few things that they didn't cover. Uh, the only thing that was glaring to me, and I know I said this on the stream as well, we didn't get Injustice 3 news. Right. The video game stuff was not really prominent during uh, this weekend. Right. Uh, so I was very bummed I didn't hear about Injustice 3. Uh, last thing I heard, it was supposed to be coming out May 2021, uh, but I haven't been able to track down any news on that since. That might not be happening now, just given the fact we're sitting here in September. Yeah. You know, so you would have had a trailer by now. You would have at least maybe had early talk about uh, pre-orders. Right. I mean, I know they were focusing on the comics, and like I said, they have a lot of stuff going on there as well. But I thought that was just a big takeaway. Like, we didn't have the confirmation of what was going on there. Right. We already touched upon it. We didn't hear anything about Green Arrow and the Canaries. We didn't get a Harley Quinn renewal. No. Which I think is coming. But Probably. They just got to get everything sorted out with DC Universe first. Right. But I thought for what they delivered on, and we have to t- say is the takeaway of fandom, they set the blueprint for running a virtual con. Yeah. I honestly think that yeah. they nailed it out of the park. The only thing that you could argue about, per se, is the fan interaction. Sure. It wasn't there. Sure. But was that the intent of this? No. That's that's another case scenario. Yeah. Because for what they did with Fandom is they took a lot of thunder away from Marvel right now. Oh, yeah. But I think it shouldn't be the takeaway of, oh, we one-upped Marvel. I think is that they came out and said, look, this is all we have coming out in the next calendar year plus. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how you couldn't be. If you were a fan of DC Comics, you had to literally sure. look at this and say, "Sure, this is a win overall." Sure, it's a win for DC, and and you know, I and they were the first to the punch, you know. But I think at the same token, Marvel could have done something like this. But outside of comics, what the hell would they have announced? They they already announced all of their next phase of movies last year mm-hmm. at San Diego Comic Con, and that includes all of the stuff coming to Disney Plus. So we already know what's coming for the movies. We already know what's coming for the TV streaming side. The only thing outside of that is whatever they're going to do for comics because they don't have many proper television shows right right now. There's, they, I don't think they have anything on TV right now as as we record. No, they have a couple things that they are going to be focused on at New York Comic Con. Sure, um, but it's all Hulu based. Yeah, they're not on network yeah. TV. No. And honestly, and, and, the, and the thing with the Disney, yeah, they got the Disney Plus shows coming, but we'll get to this in, in one shots. That's having its own issues because of everything going on. Right. And especially 
the the curse of having the shared universe mm-hmm. is everything is set to follow everything else. Yep. You can't leapfrog. Yep. And that's the one thing the Marvel Yep. I don't think was planning on, but then again, who was planning on a pandemic? Well, and yeah, that's the thing is when they were setting up the Marvel universe and everything's connected, you know, 11, 12 years ago, who could have seen that coming? Right. So that being said, Marvel is biding their time. Mm-hmm. We do know that they have the Eternals trailer lurking yeah. somewhere. I, like, I can see Marvel doing something at some point. Yeah. Just not right now. It's not going to be right now. I mean, right now is DC's time. And it's not to say, well, the MCU is done. No. No. This is a time to celebrate being a fan. Like, I always hate when people have to say, okay, I'm a DC fan or a Marvel fan. I'm a comics fan. I want to yeah. see everybody win. DC won the past two months. And they definitely came out. They re-energized their fan base. There's a lot of projects that you have to be excited about. I mean, they have crossed a lot of different genres, too. I mean, especially even the Dark Metal one, I have to give a plug. One of my favorite bands, Rise Against, has a brand new song out, Broken Dreams, Inc., mm-hmm. that is going to be on the soundtrack for it. And I know it, I believe it dropped digitally today. Right. So all that being said, DC gave something for everybody this weekend. They showed how to do a virtual con. They gave you so much content that we're still talking about day one, which happened on August 22nd. Mm-hmm. As we're recording, it's September 16th. Yeah. We're still buzzing about it. Oh, yeah. Overall, it was a win-win. A few hiccups here and there. Sure. But you're going to have that. You can't please everybody. But I thought what DC Fandom did, they set the bar, they delivered. Now what's next? That's the question we pose. So hit us up on the hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. DC Fandom Part 2. What did you like? What did you not? Did you see the stream? Live reaction on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Hit us up. Let us know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're into all things comics, you have to check out Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC. Your go-to podcast for comic and superhero discussion, debates, polls, and more. Tune in as regular Scott and Ozzy Killmonger chat about your favorite comic topics. And you never know who may show up for an open mic or what will be next on their favorite, One Gotta Go. Take a Knee for Marvel vs. DC. Every Sunday, powered by the Defy Light Podcast Network. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and there is some video game news breaking. Uh Uh-huh. Pad, you are the gamer of the group. Yes. Break it down. So, of course, I believe it was last week or the week prior, whenever it was, we got the Xbox uh, Series X information of when it's coming out and then the the price. And then within the next couple of days, I believe it was like two, three days, something like that, Sony put out a thing saying, hey, we're going to have a PlayStation 5 event uh, on September 16th. At 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and lo and behold, uh, it came and went, and a lot of people are figuring, well, Xbox, this, this has been the thing for the longest time. You know, neither neither company wants to reveal their price first. Neither one wants to reveal their date first. It's kind of, who blinks first? Well, Xbox blinked, and PlayStation soon followed, uh, because we now have a release date, a price point, and some uh, very surprising games that were announced. Okay, break it down. Uh, so let's get to the nitty-gritty of what you came here for and what you want to know. Uh, the PlayStation 5 will uh, be released in the U.S., Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea 
uh, on November 12th, and it will price for the normal edition, so that's the one with the desk, uh, $499. Uh, that's 449 pounds. Uh, while the digital edition, so that's the one without the disc, mm-hmm. uh, will be available for $399 or uh, 359 pounds Okay. Uh, if you're over in the United Kingdom. Now, for those of you who are curious and those of you who are still, you know, get hard-ons for the console wars, uh, the Xbox Series X, as I mentioned about within the last couple episodes, uh, the normal edition will be $499, uh, which is the exact same as the PlayStation 5. Uh, and then the uh, digital edition will be a little bit cheaper. It's $299. Uh, so what did they unveil uh, during this, uh, you know, event? Uh, there was some very interesting stuff. They let off with a very surprising uh, trailer that I, I recognized instantly. You saw some chocobos, of course, the uh, birds from Final Fantasy series, you know, the yellow ones that everyone, even if you don't know what their name dodds are, you've probably seen them. Mm. Uh, recognize that very immediately. And then had some uh, characters and some summons that you've seen in Final Fantasy past uh, that I'm like, okay, this is a Final Fantasy game, but what the hell is it? Because it's, it's medieval setting. They're talking about kings and princes and you know, castles and, and shields and, and whatnot doesn't look like it. So I, it wasn't the part two of the Final Fantasy seven mm. uh, remake. So everyone's like, what the, what the hell is this? It's Final Fantasy 16. Oh, yeah. So that was very. Whoa. Yeah, that was very surprising. That came out of left field. Uh, it will be a PlayStation console exclusive, uh, but it'll also be available on PC. Uh, so they unveiled that. We finally got some gameplay trailer for Miles Morales. This looked dope as hell. Oh my god, it looks so good. Uh, so this was a, so it's coming out for both the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. Uh, it's coming out this holiday, twenty twenty. No, re- no reveal date. Uh, and it was uh, revealed that the Tinkerer is going to be the villain for this upcoming game. Uh, they said, "Go ahead." Now let me ask you this: Do you think it's odd? And mm-hmm. maybe this is just me overthinking this. Uh huh. Marvel's Avengers game. Uh huh. Modok was the big villain. Sure. The Tinker uh-huh. is the major villain for Miles Morales. Uh-huh. Do you think that's kind of like the lesser tier villains like should make the main video game villains? Like mm. I, I'm just curious about this. See, for for Modok, given the story, it made sense. Okay, it, it's a weird choice on the surface, but once you go through the story, it makes sense. Okay, and it and they're without spoiling anything, they they set up for a sequel. They, even if it's just some stuff in, in the added on bonus content that's coming down the road, they're set up for a sequel. Uh, you know, Spider-Man's the same way. If I'm not mistaken, they're, they're, they're setting up for Sinister Six in that game. Okay. There's a couple of, you know, I know Shocker's in the original game. Uh, you know, I, I think they're setting up for some sort of Sinister Six type of deal because especially with, spoiler alert, Venom suit, Venom possibly showing up in the next one because that, that was revealed it you know it's kind of hinted at throughout the game but then at the end you kind of get the full-fledged yeah venom okay you know so i think they're setting up for that so but especially since it's miles's first foray uh they said during the uh the the stream that it is one set one year after the events of the original spider-man game so you know he's only been at it for a year it kind of makes it kind of makes sense to have him go against something like the tinkerer and not somebody hard and heavy well, no, like I just don't think that you need to go up against like Green Goblin or sure, anything. But I was sure. just like, when I'm hearing the Tinkerer, I'm like, sure. really? Yeah. Like, well, I th- Tinker, I think though, based off of the gameplay, and I don't want to spoil anything, I think they could possibly set up for another villain to show up at the end of the game, a future, the next Spider-Man game, just because of one of the things that they talked about and that they mentioned. Uh, 
just an energy source and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, okay, you could be setting up for electro, maybe. You know, who, who's to say? Yeah, it just like for me, I don't know. It just that was my only takeaway. It was just like, really? But, yeah. But I'm not meaning like he should have been fighting Doc Ock or anything. Right. Well, yeah, of, Doc Ock was first game, but yeah. Yeah, but that's why I'm. Yeah. That's why. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. You know me, I'm an Xbox guy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, so that that was interesting. Uh, the next one they unveiled completely came out of left field. Uh, I know I've talked about it. I think on the show a couple times. This one has been rumored for a long time. There was even some leaked footage of it a couple years ago, but it finally got announced uh, that the uh, Harry Potter RPG game was, was finally announced and, and got a world premiere trailer. Yeah, your reaction to this just was like, whoa. Well, because that's the thing is I remember a le- this getting leaked like two, three years ago, and it was the definition of leaked footage that somebody had, was looking at it on a computer screen, took their phone up to it, and they recorded it on their phone. You know, you, it's going to be hard to find it now with all the gameplay trailer video getting uploaded but i'm sure you can find it uh online Mm. but and i was all and i was all for this because you know if there's a universe that needs an rpg game it's harry potter right it is set up for it you know you've got the school so you can go through the classes and learn spells and go to lessons and do this and do that and kind of forge your own path and do your own thing and this, it, that's what this game looks like it's going to be. Uh, the game is titled Hogwarts Legacy, uh, and it is going to be set in the late 1800s. Uh, and you're going to be going through classes and learning spells and, and sorting your own houses and f- making your own legacy while possibly influencing the future. So if you're a Harry Potter fan like myself, this looks absolutely nuts, and I'm all sorts of excited for it. Uh, it will be coming out uh, for the PlayStation 5 in 2021. So that one, that, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, no, that sounds absolutely crazy. I mean, just the fact that, I mean, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you're, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. It's set up to be an RPG. Yeah. So yeah. they really do it right. And like I said, the, the footage you showed looks incredible. Yeah, oh, it looks nuts. And they've been, Lord, they've been working on it long enough that yeah. it, it should be good. Yeah, so hopefully it delivers on it. Yep. So we just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, next, they showed off some gameplay trailer for the upcoming Call of Duty game, which is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, set. It looks like maybe uh, in the midst of the first one, off of the, they showed off a mission in the game. And just, I think they at one point they said Mason, which if you've ever played the Call of Duty Black Ops game, you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it looks like it's going to be set at least maybe during that or maybe a little bit after that. Because, again, given the ending of Black Ops with Mason, oh boy. Uh, but it looks very interesting. Uh, God damn it. I love Black Ops 1. I love the story. It's a great story. It's a great game. They, they're trying to pull me back in. I have not played Call of Duty since Black Ops 2. So it's been a while. Okay. Um, but they did give some interesting event. Uh, no event. They did give some interesting information. Uh, but it said, but they said that PS4 players will be able to get exclusive access to the Call of Duty Cold War multiplayer alpha uh, this weekend, uh, September 18th. So you should be able to go to the PlayStation Store or wherever on this on the system pre-download uh, the file necessary to play it, and then this weekend you'll be able to play the alpha, so it's like the very early you know, look at the next Call of Duty multiplayer this weekend on PlayStation. It, it, I cannot wait about this. Like, I, It's I, nuts. Yeah, like I just, I was blown away they went with there, and like from what you've been talking and showing, it's just yeah. like whoa like because mm-hmm. for me it just it doesn't register that much like they're right. still going on and they're still yeah. finding new ways to do this oh yeah 
still, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, then they showed a new look at the uh, next Resident Evil game, Village. Uh, it just showing any deeper in the fairy tale aesthetic. You know, I'm reading from IGN.com. Uh, it says uh, the trailer that digs even deeper into the dark fa- fairy tale aesthetic we've seen with a creepy old lady exploration through chilling environments, monsters, and a folk tale of, of a little girl in a forest. Uh, all I know is this. I'm not a Resident Evil fan. I'm aware of it. I've seen some gameplay of it. Never played it uh, just because I never had the right system to play any of them. Um, but it, this one looks like it's kind of taking the genre and flipping it on its head where, okay, you're familiar with Resident Evil and zombies and, and all that kind of stuff, but now they're introducing werewolves? Yeah. Good Lord. It absolutely looks crazy. Looks nuts. Uh, then they showed off uh, a gameplay trailer uh, for the time-manipulating shooter Deathloop. Uh, this looks really cool. It's got like a 70s vibe, you know, like an archer type of vibe to it, you know. It, it looks weird. It looks interesting. It looks like it's one of those games that you might have to play a couple times just to understand where it's going so that they unveiled that. Yeah, I love the look of this game. Uh-huh. Like, it just looks at kind of crazy yeah. 70s vibe. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, how the old, like, Nick Fury covers yes. were for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Yeah, it, yep. it has that vibe to it. Yep. Uh, and then they unveiled that there is going to be a Devil May Cry 5 special edition. Yo. Uh, yep. So it says the new edition comes with a faster-paced turbo mode, uh, a playable Virgil, and a new difficulty called Legendary Dark Knight uh, Batman Not Confirmed. I I was just going to say, wait, Batman's crossing over? Like, what the hell is going no. on here? No, so it's a, a special edition of the game coming out for PlayStation 5. Uh, no release date on that. Uh, and then they showed off a gameplay trailer for a new Odds World game uh, called Soulstorm. Uh, it was shown in a reading from the IGN article. Uh, says, with protagonist Abe leading a small army through a dangerous mine. Uh, so if you're an Odds World fan, you'll be looking forward to that. Uh, they threw the big one of the biggest curveballs of the, of the stream uh, next up. There's another goddamn Five Night at Freddy's game coming. Really? Yeah, so just when you thought the franchise was dead, at least to me, you know, they couldn't do anything more with it. You know, they're going through, and I'm like, and I'm watching this, and it's got this weird aesthetic to it where it's kind of like futuristic looking, and I'm seeing creepy. It's got that creepy vibe to it. You know, the it's got a character with red eyes. It's kind of leaking, lurking off in the corner, just staring at you, and I'm like, okay, this is something horror. Uh, and then at one point, the trailer kind of backs away into the lobby, and it's and you see the bear from Five Nights at Freddy's, and I th- I said to you, I'm like, oh god damn it, I think it's another Five Nights at Freddy's, mm-hmm. and sure enough, it is. Uh, it is Five Night at Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, uh, and so it'll be coming to PS5. No release date uh, yet on that. Uh, then they unveiled a game, extended gameplay for a game from Blue Point and Sony Japan uh, called Demons Souls, uh, and. It, it looks nuts. I'm not familiar with anything about the game. I thought for a minute they were unveiling another Dark Souls game, which I'm like, oh, that's not good. You're going to make people break their PS5 controllers at the start. Yeah, this one is a new one to me. Like, I'm not too familiar with it. So, sure. So, if I'm like saying something completely sacrilegious, I don't mean to <laughs> offend anybody in the video game land. Mm-hmm. But th- this just looked completely different to me. And like I said, Dark Souls, I know a little bit about. Oh, but, yeah. But like I said, Demon Souls was actually like something brand new to me. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Dark Souls, it's one of those games that it's very frustrating. If you can beat it on the hardest difficulty, you are a gaming god because it has broken many a controller for many people. Yeah, that's And right. I avoid it like the plague. Yeah, I've heard it, Dark Souls is very frustrating, mm-hmm. so I just avoided it. Yep, uh, and this next one, surprise to absolutely goddamn no one, uh, Fortnite is going to be optimized for PlayStation 5 at launch. So, you know, no surprise uh, that the one of the most, if not the most popular Battle Royale game is going to be available at launch. So again, smart move. Yeah, yeah, smart move. No surprise. Uh, and then they unveiled something called the PlayStation Plus Collection. 
Yeah, what is this? Yeah, so this came... I wasn't quite sure what this is. Uh, this is from the official PlayStation uh, website on the pl- blog.playstation.com. Uh, it says, for PlayStation Plus members, uh, including myself, uh, we'll have a special new offering on PS5, the PlayStation Plus collection. Mm-hmm. PS5 owners with PlayStation Plus will be able to download and play a curated library of PS4 games that defined the generation, like Batman Arkham Knight, Bloodborne, Fallout 4, God of War, Monster Hunter World, Persona 5, and many more. The PlayStation, the PS Plus collection will be an added benefit to the existing PlayStation 4 benefits that PS Plus members receive for a single subscription price. So it sounds like it's going to be one of these things because it's, you know, PlayStation 4 games are going to be backwards compatible on the PlayStation 5. Uh, it sounds like one of these things that it's going to be, a, and they didn't say about how long they're going to be there or when they'll change. But if it's a very popular, so all of those games, say what you will, very popular games. Yeah. You know, I've played uh, Arkham Knight. I've played God of War. Both are fantastic freaking games. It sounds like one of the ones, if you ever remember from the PlayStation 2 days where they had the greatest hits. Yeah. You know, okay. it, was, it was a game that sold a certain amount and, and it, they put it re-released as greatest hits. It sounds like it's going to be something like that where if it was very popular, very well received, that they'll make it available if you have PlayStation Plus to download and play this game for free. Okay. Which, which is something they've already been doing. You know, they've been doing for a long time since PlayStation 3 days, you know, uh, two free games every month where as long as you have PlayStation Plus, you can download these games and you can play these games. Like if I really wanted to, I could one of the games they offered on PlayStation 3 was a digital version of Sonic 2. So, you know, that was just one of the games they offered one month. So if I really wanted to, because I've been on PlayStation, I've never, because if you let your subscription lapse, you lose all those games. Okay. You know, if I really wanted to, I could plug my PlayStation 3 back in, update it, because it probably needs some updating. Mm -hmm. You know, re-download, you know, Sonic 2 and play Sonic 2 for free on my PlayStation 3. You know, that's something they've already been doing, but it just sounds like they're expanding that even more. And I really like that, because there are some really great games, and let's face it, you know, with the way things are just as fast as these games come out and as much as these games come out, you miss things. Yeah, you, you definitely miss you, stuff. You know, it's hard to miss stuff. I mean, Christ, I didn't play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for like almost a year after, until after it came out because I just got caught up with so many other things. Mm. You know, so it's, a, it's just a great addition. It happens. I mean, trust me, I, I'm actually still behind on a couple of video games I bought. Sure. Which I don't want to name right now because I know people are going to be completely like oh, me yeah. up about. Oh, yeah. I know one of them. Yeah, no, they will. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Soon. Uh-huh. Soon. Yep. Uh, so then, of course, they revealed uh, the price point, uh, and I should note, uh, so I mentioned the countries it was listed on on the website, uh, the IGN article, but if I'm digging it because I saw it, oh, here we go. Uh, this from the PlayStation website. It says, quote, as we have just announced in our PS5 showcase, we're only a couple of months away from launching the next generation of play. Starting on November 12th, PS5 will be available in seven key markets, the U.S., Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea. Mm-hmm. The global rollout will continue on November 19th with launches throughout the rest of the world, including Europe, the Middle East, South America, Asia, and South Africa. Uh, and then it lists the price, uh, you know, which is uh, the digital edition will be available for a recommended retail price of $399 US, $39,980 yen, uh, $399.99 euros. Uh, and then PlayStation 5 with an Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive will be available for a recommended retail price of $499.99 US, $49,980 yen, uh, and then $499.99 euros. Uh, it says pre-orders will be available starting as early as tomorrow at select retailers. So please check with your local retailer. So that's one of the big things that people are going, oh shit, 
uh, Xbox put out their price and their release date, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, pre-orders start on September 22nd. Sony just went, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Which I, which I, and I like the release dates, and I know the, the stores are like the release dates because the Xbox, I believe, is coming out November 10th, mm-hmm. and PlayStation's coming out two days after. So GameStops and Walmart's and, and Best Buys and whatnot are going, oh, thank God we don't have to put out both on the same day. It's still going to be a headache for them because they're going to have all these consoles that everyone wants and sitting in their back, back rooms, but at least it's not on the same day. I've been to video game stores when two popular games release on the same yeah, night. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. I was I was there at GameStop for, I want to say it was Kingdom Hearts 3 came out the same night as NBA 2K something, and that was a, that was a packed house. Yeah, it's always tough when everything's like multi-release on the same day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good to space it out and yeah. go from there, man. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, as we said, as I said, uh, pre-orders are going to be available starting tomorrow, according to Sony. Should note that Jeff Keighley, uh, that Jeff Keighley, you know, producer and creator of the Game Awards and well-known gaming uh, journalist, uh, said on Twitter just about an hour ago as we record, quote, Note, I'm hearing some retailers may make inventory available today as well. Stay tuned. And it's, that is looking like the case because if you go to ebay.com right now and you search PS5, uh, there are already listings on the site. I'm refreshing it. Now, yep, still the same. Uh, the highest listed uh, listing on here is Sony PlayStation 5 confirmed pre-order PS5 digital edition. Uh, this person is offering it for $1,500 U.S. Get out, man. Uh-huh. The, uh, there's another, Stop. There's, Stop. There's another one. Uh, Sony PlayStation 5 with disk drive. Confirmed Prius pre-order. Holiday 2020. Uh, $1,250. I appreciate the shoot your shot mentality. Mm-hmm. But... Stop. Yep. Like no. Yep. Stop. Yep. No. 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 I'm just. Yep. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid here. Yep. So if you are willing enough and you are you know gung ho enough, you might be able to pre order it tonight. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take a shot getting it, I don't blame you for yeah. trying to get it early. Like, I'm going to get it. It's just a matter of when. If you have the means to do it, by all means. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I struggle with paying anything over five hundred dollars for a video game system because mm-hmm. how they are now. They also serve as your Blu-ray player. Oh, they yeah. also serve as your digital oh, streaming yeah. Oh, yeah. player. So that, well, and that's the thing. That, like, I, I get that the digital is cheaper and it's more convenient. And it's not, don't get me wrong. I enjoy digital. But gaming so- file sizes are quickly becoming a thing where you all, especially in today's co- current gen, you know, Xbox One and PlayStation 5, if you play enough games like myself, you almost need an external hard drive to plug, yeah. into, plug into these things. Yeah, these consoles are coming in with like near or at one terabyte hard drive, but that's with what the file sizes are now. Five, six years down the road, they're going to be maxing out with almost, you know, two games. Hello, Call of Duty, whatever one's out now. I'm looking at you, you know, 30 gig up, up, update every time you put out an update. Right. I, don't, I don't have it, but Christ, if it's not on Twitter every time it happens, you know, that's going to be the thing is, you know. Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, digital, because I I got it when the pandemic was going on and you couldn't find it anywhere and, and all the stores were closed. I just figured, you know what? I'll just do it digitally. It was like 80-something gigs, yeah, which is a lot. And that's just right now. Five years from now, we, who knows what they're going to be at, but it's going to be a thing. So... I'm, and plus, I got a lot of movies on physical copy. You know, the, my PlayStation is my Blu-ray player, yeah. my DVD player. Same with my Xbox. You know, so I'm probably going to end up getting the digital or the physical one. So it's just a matter of when. Yeah, it's a matter of when. So for me, like, I got to wait this out a little bit and, and save up some funds. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely enticing about the PS5. Yeah, oh yeah. I got to say that. Yeah, and that one, the, the PlayStation Sony decided to pull, you know, an Apple. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, after they gave out the trail, the, the, the price and release date, 
Uh, they decided to give a trailer for a game sequel everyone, including myself, has been waiting for. Uh, that is a sequel to the most recent 2018 reboot of God of War. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. This one titled God of War Ragnarok. Which, well, if you know anything about Ragnarok and you know anything about the game, you saw this coming. Uh, it is scheduled to release sometime in 2021. Was I mad that I did not hear Led Zeppelin in this? Mm, no. Okay. Because I, I, I was expecting it when I saw it, and I'm just going, wait, yeah. Ragnarok? No, yeah, given, given how the first one ends, and spoiler alert, Thor shows up, uh, and the fact that, oh, you know, I don't think we've even seen, It's been a while since I've played the game. I don't think Odin has even shown up yet. But, like, there's still... The thing with God of War, even with the first three games, he killed every god in Greek mythology. Yeah. Like, from uh, Hermes, you know, the, the messenger, up to Zeus. Like, every god from top to bottom was gone mm-hmm. by the time it was all said and done. Right. He's got some work to do with Norse mythology. This, that, will, this will not be the last game. Yeah, which, like I say, the God of War franchise is... So good. It's so good. So visceral. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I've played it before. and It's, it's nuts. Yeah, it's absolutely BSC, so I'm down for it. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, this was their Batman trailer drop moment. Pretty much, yeah. Because this, this is one that everyone wants to see. Everyone knows it's coming just because of some of the stuff in the game, especially the plot twist at the end of the game, which I don't, you know, don't want to spoil. I know it's been a while, but, hey, I've, you should play it. And that's a plot twist I don't want to give because it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But just some of you know some of the stuff even in the game where like you travel to different realms in in the game because Norse mythology different realms, right? You know, there are some portals in that game that like you can see like you have they haven't even you haven't even gone to Asgard yet, mm. like so there's just so many places you have yet to go that's like okay we know we're getting a sequel. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. So overall though, Pad, mm-hmm. this delivered on everything you were expecting. Oh, absolutely. So. Talk me through this. If you have to sell me on one system to buy, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation, which one are you going with and sell me on it? You get Miles Morales on PlayStation 5. You don't on Xbox. That's a good selling point. <laughs> That's a really good selling point. I mean, I I am still kind of torn. I mean, I've always sure. been an Xbox guy. Sure. I, and I'm not, I, I'm not the person that would buy two systems. Oh, yeah. yeah so, neither am I. But for the what you're getting on the PlayStation, they definitely delivered a lot. Oh, yeah. And plus, it's got a lot of great – if you're if – because you're, I know you – you were very much a single-player focus kind of guy. Yeah. PlayStation, the last number of years, has gone very heavy on single-player games, and they're very fantastic games. Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, you know, God of War, Spider-Man, you know, The Last of Us, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a lot of great single-player focus games that, you know, that are continuing into the future, and I don't think that's going to stop. They've even said, listen, it's a new console. We're not changing our path. We're still going to do first-player-focused games because we know that's what our players want to play. Mm-hmm. And I know you're I know you not the biggest multiplayer fan. You don't really do online against each other. You might do a little co-op here and there. But you know, I know you like single players. Sony likes to go the single-player focus. Xbox does, too. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. No, I, no. I know they do Gears of War, and they got Halo, and they got a whole bunch of others that are single-player-focused. But just from my experience... And just the level of storytelling and detail and just insaneness with Sony delivers every time. Yeah, it's definitely something that it makes me look at to say, okay, maybe I'll go this route. Mm-hmm. But I do like my Xbox, but yeah. I will probably be playing a lot of PlayStation wherever I can get my hands on it uh, in the you know in between. Because, mm-hmm. like I say, they've really sold me on the presentation here. I really liked everything they had. Yeah. And they definitely covered a lot of different genres for the different fans, which oh, I, yeah. I like seeing. And, I mean, the Miles Morales thing looked dope as hell. Oh, my God. It looks insane. Yeah. I mean, that is enough that I I will consider. Oh, okay. But, but 
I, you know, I, I can't really break away from my Xbox, so that's fair. That's that's my problem. But for what I saw with PlayStation, they're giving me a lot to think about, mm-hmm. and I think they're giving a lot of the fans some stuff to think about. And the fact we're getting new systems and what they're offering to continue the next gen of video games mm-hmm. is really telling. It's really something to see. Absolutely. So that all being said, why don't you hit us up on that hashtag? Hashtag ODPH. PlayStation came and decided to have their own Hall H moment today. Gave you a lot of game news to talk about. Pad broke it down so eloquently. Let us have that conversation. Are you sold on the PS5? Are you sold on the price points? What are you not sold about? Let us talk. Hit us up on the hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. You know what time it is. It's one shots. Pat, mm-hmm. lead us off. Got a few things to talk about. Uh, first of all, a little bit of an update. RTX at home is going on as we speak on the Rooster Teeth website. Uh, be sure to check that out if you are a fan of Rooster Teeth as I am. They have unveiled some in- very interesting things. Uh, they unveiled a trailer for the upcoming season of Red vs. Blue Zero. Uh, not quite 100% sure about this. I, I'm a fan of Red vs. Blue. I like it, so I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like a prequel, maybe a spinoff or something. Uh, but it is debuting on October 9th on roosterteeth.com. So be sure to check that out. Uh, another one trailer they unveiled that I am very excited excited for is volume eight of ruby uh that tape is releasing on uh, rooster teeth's website on november 7th uh so definitely be on the lookout for that and then the one i did not even know got or no you know i think i did know that now that i think about it got greenlit for season two uh but it was unveiled by uh michael b jordan that uh they are adding some more people to the writing writer's room and making it more inclusive of some more viewpoints and and you know just walks of life so it's going to be definitely very good for the show uh there will be a meet the writer's room genlock season two panel at rtx at home uh which will be taking place uh this panel will be taking place at 2 p.m on september 21st uh it was announced uh, that dakota fanning Maisie williams and david Tennant are all set to return for the series second season okay which, which is currently in production uh a synopsis for genlock season two uh reads uh and i'm reading off of variety.com uh says on a dying earth in the midst of a now unstoppable climate collapse two utterly distinct visions for the future of the human race have come to dominate the polity and the union the future of humanity if it is to have one rests in some form of mechanization or digitization on opposing sides of this fundamental debate the polity and the union remain locked in a brutal and unforgiving war a war the polity is losing, despite the heroic efforts of their greatest soldiers, the Genlock team. Chase, Kami, Yaz, Kazu, and Val, who continue to upload their minds to their Halon units and fight for their vision of a better future on the front lines. 
So definitely a great first season, really good show. Highly recommend you check it out uh, if you have the opportunity to and be on the lookout for this whenever it comes out because I'm super excited. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. I mean, I always go see the panel ones down in New York Comic Con or the booth rather mm-hmm. and always just get familiar. Yeah. And you are always pushing it on me to check out. And I have been able to watch it, but it's just one of those things like I get so swamped mm-hmm. with other things going sure. on. But I really like what everything Rooster Teeth's been doing, so yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah, stuff. Uh, moving to some other streaming news. Uh, Ewan McGregor did an interview uh, in the time since we recorded uh, with Entertainment Tonight, uh, and he explained that for now, the Ango, the Obi Wan Kenobi series for Disney Plus is going to be a standalone season and is going to be shooting uh, in 2021. Oh, yeah. So uh, reading from an article on IGN.com, it says earlier this year, McGregor told IGN that shooting for the series had slipped to January, but that may have been may have have moved back again quote spring next year we start uh the actor told entertainment tonight i'm really excited about it it's going to be great i think uh so you know uh, the article goes on to say the internally planned release date for the show itself shouldn't have slipped but that's still not been publicized mcgregor previously told us that he's quote read about 80 90 percent of what they've written so far and it's really really good there's still some question as to whether the show has been reconfigured from six episode series to a four episode run but mcgregor said that he hadn't heard about that decision so very interesting you know understandable that you know it's going to be a one season you know I'm okay with that. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, as busy as Ewan McGregor can be because he is a very busy individual. Uh, it's it's hard to nail down something like that. And at least for now, it, you know, one season, but down the road, if, if you know, schedules work out and the fans are uh, eager for it, as I know they probably will be, uh, there might be more seasons. Well, there's one thing you have to remember, too, is with Obi-Wan, it's in the upper echelon of the Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do for a series, obviously knowing what his fate is. Right. And you know the kind of window you have to work with, and especially with Ewan McGregor coming to a TV show uh-huh. instead of being in movies. Yeah. Yeah, schedule's got to work out. I wouldn't doubt, though, if this show is such the monster hit yeah. that some of the writers don't come up with a great story and maybe entice him to come back. Oh, I'm sure they So will. I think he just doesn't want to be noncommittal yeah. until he gets... Because yeah. we've heard that there's been script issues oh, yeah. with this. Yeah. So yeah. I think he just doesn't want to commit to say, I'll be back for more. Right. But I think he's really challenging the writers to really give him some right. kind of his teeth into Right. Uh, moving on to some other Disney Plus news. Uh, Disney confirmed uh, today, uh, as we record, that WandaVision is still coming to the Disney Plus streaming service this year. Uh, reading from an article on IGN, uh, while there had been some concern that the series, which brings back Avengers franchise stars Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as Wanda Maximoff and Vision, respectively, uh, might be pushed back to 2021 due to production and release disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. The press release and video promo uh, for what's coming to Disney Plus later this year confirms that WandaVision remains on their 2020 slate. Uh, the tweet, which reads, this is the way to get pumped for the upcoming for the coming months. Start streaming favorites like Hidden Figures, X2, Big, Big plus originals like The Right Stuff from Nat Geo, Clouds, Marvel Studios' WandaVision, and a new season of The Mandalorian, coming soon on Disney+. Plus. So I know this has been one that everyone's been wondering about, and especially with the news in the last couple of days that uh, Black Widow might be getting delayed again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of throwing a monkey wrench into things, and we kind of alluded to this in one of the previous segments, that everything's connected, so, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier might get delayed because that can't air until... Uh, one or not one division uh, black widow comes out right so that's pushing everything back just because until black widow can come out in whatever form it comes out nothing else can really come out but it appears that one division not necessarily beholden to that 
That's very interesting about it, too. I know that there's been some footage leaked out, too, from Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. so filming is back up and running. Yep. Uh, so there have been some still shots going on with that. So mm-hmm. for the fate of the MCU right now, I mean, yeah. everything is so up in the air mm-hmm. that with WandaVision now being confirmed for this year, I right. think it's a very telling sign. Sure. I think it's a very optimistic sign yeah. for the MCU that they might be able to rework some stories and sure. release dates sure. because... Obviously, with the tentative date that is still coming out in November Mm -hmm. that I heard that has not been pushed back, the only thing that we know is Wonder Woman 84 was pushed back to Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. With Marvel sticking to their guns as of right now, that still keeps the window open to not really shift too much around. Mm -hmm. Albeit, though, I think that Black Widow is going to get bumped, and I think it's the February slot. Yeah. I think it would be the next one open. Could be. So I think that we'll see something happen there. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of wait and see, but I'm excited to see whatever we're going to get out of WandaVision. Hopefully we see it soon. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Or at least, you know, something. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm optimistic to see what the show is going to do. And I, I think we'll kind of tie into a little bit of my one shot when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that WandaVision is going to be very important to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, moving on to some movie news. Uh, one that's kind of calming on my nerves a little bit. Tom Holland, uh, Tom, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, uh, gave an update on the Uncharted movie from the set. Okay. Uh, so on Sunday morning, he was a little restless, so he hopped on Instagram Live and, and talked to him for a bit, and, and he talked about filming uh, Uncharted uh, based off of the PlayStation series, video game series, which I love to death. Uh, he said, quote, filming is going so well. Uh, you know, the film is like everything I dreamed it would be. I mean, I don't know if you guys played the games, but I was such a huge fan of the game and it's been going so well. Uh, he did note on the physicality of, uh, playing the title role of Nathan Drake. Uh, he said, uh, I do have the biggest bruise of all time though on my leg. That's in a bit of a revealing area for Instagram live close quote. So it appears that filming has been going well, filming's going well. You know, he's playing Nathan Drake. Uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, oh, correct. Mark Wahlberg is playing uh, Sully. Right. Uh, Nathan Drake's right hand man. This, uh, th- like I said, this is a video game franchise that I've played since the original one came out way back in the PlayStation three days. You know, I played everyone and this is, this is a series game movie that's been in development hell for a long time you know if you're not familiar news first broke and came out that they were that folks were planning on making a movie back in june of 2009 Mm -hmm. you know hollywood reporter revealed that uh, it was in the hands of spider-man producer avi arid uh you know and it was being uh the script was being penned by kyle ward uh who was writing uh scripts for other video game adaptations you know such as Kane and Lynch and Hitman 2. Uh, and then First Signs of Trouble kind of for, uh, formed in 2009 uh, when the writer left and then among a host of other things. And there, it's just a whole, you know, whole litany of issues. You know, in fact, I think the director that's currently tied to it is the seventh one that's been a tied, attached to the project. Okay. So, it's, it, and it's one that, let's face it, a lot of video game movies are bad. You know, hello, Mortal Kombat. Hello, you know, Doom. You know, hello, Mario Brothers. Oh, we talked about this on live stream for the cure. <laughs> you know, there, but and and it's hard to do video game movies, and and I was skeptical of this because when you play the games, you sit there and go, "This can make a movie," but then you worry about how it'll be translated. But the fact that Tom Holland is sitting here saying it's been going good, and and since he is a he's a fan of the game, he knows what to expect, and and if he's saying it's been going so well, that kind of eases eases my nerves a little bit. Yeah, it definitely eases a bit. Uh, I will say though, probably an ill-timed uh, comment about. Posting uh, certain pics uh-huh. around Insta- Instagram Live. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to touch that story. Yeah. So we'll just keep it focused on the video game. And obviously, yeah. this is one that 
I hope delivers. Yeah, I uh, do too. I, I like the casting of it, and yeah. I'm really just hoping this doesn't go by way of Mortal Kombat 2. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some other video game news, uh, it was announced that Borderlands 3 is going to be getting a free next-gen upgrade if you have the game, uh, and then there will be new DLC. There's going to be new DLC. So it was announced uh, during uh, Gearbox Software and 2K's uh, PAX Online Showcase. Uh, Gearbox confirmed that the Borderlands 3 is coming to both the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, and if you own the game on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, such as myself, mm-hmm. uh, you will receive a free upgrade to the respective next-gen version that you have, Okay, and you will be able to carry across all your saves and additional purchases, so there's no need to go purchase the game again for $60. There's no need to go buy the three DLCs, which I think at this point would run you in the neighborhood of about $45, mm-hmm. so there's no need to drop another $105 on the DLC you've already game you've already played and the DLC you've already played. You're getting all that for free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great. You know, I love that all the companies are doing this. It's a fantastic idea. Uh, and then they also said that the next gen versions, if you care about this, will run at 60 frames per second uh, at 4K resolution on both systems in single player. Uh, and they said that uh, here it is. Uh, it will also feature uh, two very heavily requested features. I know people have been asking for this will be available to PlayStation four and Xbox one players via a free patch Four player split screen. If you are that bold. Wow. Uh, and then you will also have the option to do a vertical split screen in two player co-op. So a little bit of old school, which is awesome. Uh, they also confirmed additional DLC coming later this year. Uh, while the next paid DLC won't be similar, uh, to the campaign DLCs that have been part of the season pass. It will include both a new game mode and a new skill tree for each Vault Hunter, which also means new action skills. So a lot of new content. I know they just recently uh, crossed the one-year threshold of the game coming out uh, within the last couple of days. I want to say it was over the weekend. Uh, so to see them still supporting it and still doing a, a lot of great stuff with the game, that's that's awesome. It's it's great to see. It's absolutely wild to see. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sh- kind of a little surprised it's still going, but hey, yeah. it, I mean, the fan base is there and everybody's digging it, so yeah. can't go wrong with that. Yeah, did, Ken, did you know that a couple of days ago, back on September 9th, we crossed an anniversary? Not us, um, not us personally, but there was an anniversary. September 9th? Mm-hmm. September 9th, 1995, to be specific. 95. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm drawing blank. Uh, that was the that was the date that Kids WB programming block first began on oh, TV. Get television. out! Yeah, holy shit! Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So for about about a decade, uh, in briefly on when it became the CW, uh, Kids WB was a staple in childhoods, mine included. I remember there was many a day. That, you know, getting home from school, flipping over to what they had going on in the afternoon, and especially on Saturday mornings, you know, get up in the morning, go flip on Kids WB, because that was where all the good shows were. Absolutely. You know, they had such, they had a bunch of Animaniacs, you know, which Hulu was bringing back, you know, this November, I want to say, you know, great staple. Also with Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid. You know, highly underrated show. Uh, if I believe it's on Hulu, if you want to check it out, mm-hmm. you know, Tiny Toon Adventures and a very fun and wacky classic, man, wa- wacky spinoff of, of Looney Tunes. Crazy Batman Beyond got its start over there. Yeah, it, it, I almost forgot about Batman Beyond. Yeah, got it started over there. Yeah, I mean, you had the you had the Batman, which was you know the, the 2004 version was there. You know, you had shows you know like Jowlin uh, Showdown, which you know awesome show. I remember Jackie Chan Adventures was on there. Superman the animated series was on there. 
there. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Batman the New Adventures got its start over there. Uh, I know there were, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! for its first run. Yu-Gi-Oh! was like a franchise over there. It was it was its first run. I, rem- I remember Many a Morning, that was the big one, was... It, it was it was that way for a lot of anime shows back then that they were just in the middle of translating that you go watch episodes, you have a bunch of episodes, a bunch of episodes, a bunch of episodes. Tune in next week to find out if such and such happens. And we're back to the beginning. You know, I just remember that for the longest time and that and just I have so many fond memories of Kids WB. So to those that worked on it, thank you for a very good part of my childhood. That's I can't believe it's been that long. Mm-hmm. 25 years. Yeah. And like I say, I mean, that was known as the staple. Like uh-huh. you, you went there to watch your stuff. Yep. Like I said, the only show I, I couldn't get into was the single Batman one. Sure. I sure. Because I remember that was like they tried making everybody too modern. Yeah, and the Joker looked really weird. The Joker was weird. Yeah. I remember Batman was on skis at one point. Yeah. So yeah. I just blocked that out. But yeah. I mean, for what it gave, I mean, Batman Beyond yeah. and then Superman the Animated Series, which I think was yeah. very slept on. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's up there with Batman the Animated Series. It was phenomenal. And like I said, I just think I wish it had a longer run. Yeah, so I do I. really enjoyed so that do show. I. Uh, and then finally, some video game news and very and confirming some l- rumors news. Uh, it was announced last week that Ubisoft is the return of its long dormant series with uh, the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake. Uh, this is set for release in January of 2021, uh, and it is going to run you $39.99 and will be available on PS4, Xbox One, uh, the Epic Games Store, and the Ubisoft Store on Windows and Uplay. Uh, it's a, the article on IGN says there will not be a PS5 and Xbox Series X and Series S version of the remake, but it will be playable on next-gen consoles via backward compatibility. Uh, so it's a full first-ever full-scale remake, bringing back the classic adventure from 2003. Uh, it was developed by Ubisoft Poon and Ubisoft Mumbai, uh, and they promise, quote, a fresh approach to combat, puzzle solving, and rewinding time uh, with new camera angles, fully remade sequences. Uh, and it's an article on IGN says, ninth uh, century Persia will be reimagined by the two studios, but players can expect a return to the story. They know, including returning voice actor, Yuri Lowenthal, uh, spo- side note, uh, voices Spider-Man in the PS4 video game. Okay. Uh, as the Prince and actress Supinder Rach, uh, taking on the role as princess Farah. Uh, and Ubisoft confirmed that the remake is made using the Anvil engine behind the Assassin's Creed franchise. And Ubisoft Poon, uh, Poon's uh, game director uh, told IGN about the challenges of discussing P- Prince as a playable character. So, you know, uh, he said, quote, if you've ever played Assassin's Creed and Prince of Persia, you can see that Bayek and the Prince uh, have different morphology. Bayek is very strong and heavy during the combat. So we had to adjust the engine to embody the Prince. Uh, who is light and has very high velocity. One of the main challenges we had to do in the engine is that we had to work on the rewind feature because Sands of Time is all based around time control with the freeze, slow-mo, and rewinding. And technically, this was a huge challenge that our team here at Ubisoft Poon uh, managed perfectly to implement a new approach to really have a smooth experience and seamless experience uh, between the gameplay and the cinematic as well. So it's a continuous flow of the story, close quote. I'm definitely happy to see the Assassin's Creed, not the Assassin's Creed, the Prince of Persia uh, franchise come back. I know that was one that had a great run during the PS2 days. Uh, they had a great one that, God damn it, should have gotten a sequel on PS3. Uh, that was the remake with Nolan North. It was like a, a comic book look to it, that cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. That never got a sequel. That, God damn it, it should have. But I'm happy to see this. It's going to be great to play again. Yeah, that definitely looks super cool to play. Uh-huh. Like, just from what you've been talking about, like, there is so much of a renaissance mm-hmm. about games that you know didn't have their proper finish, and now yeah. they're coming back, and just everything they're adding to it. Yeah, man, it's gonna be an exciting time to play yeah, some games. Yeah, it is. So for my one shots, 
you know what? This show has been so stacked, I can't even give the boys a proper review Ooh. because my two other one-shots are going to be very big. So I'm just going to do this spoiler-free Okay. for this past week's episode, quote, nothing like it on in the world. That was episode four of the current season. I'll give you this spoiler thing. Okay. Homelander is still the worst person alive. <laughs> you find out that Stormfront has a very, very disturbing history Okay. that is coming to light. And you get some character moments for Huey and Starlight that you've been waiting to see for a while. Okay. Next week's episode coming out this Friday. I should say next week's, but it feels like next week. Uh, is going to get very interesting okay. because they gave the cliffhanger of what Butcher did this episode, and he is not winning a lot of people over for what he's been doing. Uh-oh. Um, but he's got some ramifications coming for his actions on this past week's show. Uh. Maybe I'll deep dive into it on a blog this week. I don't know. But I will say this. The boys, as I said, has been phenomenal this season. Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, should be getting some awards because he is playing the ultimate D-bag. Mm-hmm. And he does it with so much grace. Yeah. It's not even funny. Like, just to see that this is what Superman would be like if Superman just had no morals. Right. And to see all the dirty, scumbag stuff he does. And he just uses that. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty phenomenal. So I got to I gotta give credit for that. So, like I say, the boys on Amazon, I don't care if it's weekly. I don't care if it's all binged at once. Nobody should be ratings or review bombing it and saying it's awful because it's not. Right. It has been phenomenal. Everybody should go check it out. And like I said, Homelander is the worst, but Stormfront has given him a run for the money and probably will overtake him by season's end. Mm. Enough said. A lot of scumbags on the, on the boys, but so good to watch. So my other one shot, which honestly was going to be a segment, but we are just going to kind of deep dive into it when we're talking the MCU. There was a major casting announced. Jonathan Majors, who you know from HBO's Lovecraft Country, Mm -hmm. is now coming to the MCU. It has been heavily rumored, implicated, that he is playing one Kang the Conqueror. Mm. Now, if you are not familiar with Kang... He is a very, very interesting villain. Mm-hmm. He has ties to the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He is most notably the Avengers. Right. And this is going to teeter around spoiler topics. So I'm giving you a pause right now. Three, two, one. He is very heavily tied to the Young Avengers, hmm. which if you've been watching the moves of the MCU... It has been slowly setting up for a Young Avengers project. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a full movie. I think they're going to lean more towards a Disney Plus show. Right. But we have seen that they have announced the casting of Kate Bishop. We have now seen that Scott Lang's daughter has been aged. Mm -hmm. We know that if WandaVision is doing what I think they're doing, that WandaVision's uh, twins will be involved. Right. So it's only a matter of time till so King the, is the dots are getting connected. Yes, and it's all connected because it's Marvel. I love this casting. I hope he is Kang. This will be the next major villain that you'll see in the Avengers franchise. Right. I think that he will not be the major bad for the next phase per se. Sure. I kind of say that Kang will be involved like how Ultron was. Gotcha. That'll be a one and done maybe. I hope he lasts a lot longer. We know that he is going to appear in Ant-Man 3, 
So whenever that movie is going to drop, which I think now is going to be 2022, Mm -hmm. that's where we'll see Kang appear. Because with everything they've been doing with time travel, and like I say, he is a traveler from the 31st century that likes to go back in time and basically thinks that he's the conqueror of the world. Mm -hmm. It's a very confusing history. So trying to really break it down, I will say this. He's going to be a very big, important villain. I hope he's not one and done. Right. I think he might be because what I think is the endings of Avengers Endgame is now going to be tying him into coming to the past. Which would make sense. It makes a lot of sense to yeah. do that way. Yeah. So where he is connected, and we haven't seen him before because I believe it was connected that his character was under the 20th century Fox deal. Right. So thus they couldn't use him, even though he is more associated with the Avengers than the Fantastic Four. Right. I know he debuted in Fantastic Four. Right. Long the, right, the rights are weird. The, the rights are completely weird about this. But all I know is I love the casting. Jonathan Major is going to absolutely rot, knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to be a rock star in this. And I could see this villain getting some longer la- time with him as long as Marvel has the direction to go in. Yeah. Because I think the ultimate endgame, no pun intended, is going to be doing Secret Wars. Right. The Russo brothers said they would come back to do it. And if you made however many billions of dollars doing endgame, let them do what they do. How are you going to say no to doing Secret Wars? You can't. And I think that we'll just hear maybe when there's a casting of Doctor Doom that they're setting up the pieces for that puzzle. Right. But I think, though, with Kang being the next Avengers villain, and mark my words, he's going to be, whatever the incarnation of the team is going to be, it's a big move. And I love the casting. I love the villain now being officially added. I hope it's not one and done, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. So... That being said, I'll give you my Marvel pick for comic at the shop this week before I go to my DC one. Uh, Obviously, X-Men number 12 is coming out. Uh, If you've been following that whole storyline, it's always a great one to read. And Iron Man is getting a restart. So there's a new Iron Man number one Mm. that is hitting the shelf. So I know Brian from Cheers the Comics is going to have a lot to say about it. So definitely head on over to his podcast and check it out. Mm -hmm. But to flip the coin, it is a very big week for DC. Yeah. Now... Why is it, Pat? Uh, I believe this weekend is something Bat-related. Yes. So my picks for the comic shops this week, Detective Comics 1027. Mm-hmm. Now, Pat, why is that important? Uh, I, I can only say that because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it is the 1,000 issue anniversary of Batman. Yeah, how crazy he debuted in uh, Detective Comics issue number 27. Yeah, so the book is going to be 144 pages. Mm, oh, so, Jesus. So they're going all out with this one. Jesus. And Batman 99 is going on, so obviously the Joker War has taken over. Finally, Dick Grayson is back in the fold. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been reading Nightwing, they finally retconned what I thought was an egregious thing to do. But I understand storyline-wise, and you did get Rick Grayson. I'm just not yeah. a fan of the character. Sure. But he's now back to being Dick Grayson, all is well in the DCU. The price point for Detective Comics uh, 1027, Yo. $10. Okay. So why is this all important? Why is this all connected? What is going on this weekend? Like Pat alluded to, is a very big day in the Batman universe because all around the world, September 19th is known as Batman Day. Mm. So it's the one-year anniversary of the Dark Knight. Um, every year they always celebrate everything going on, DC's iconic Uh, Cape Crusader, Mm -hmm. you get a lot of stuff going on Batman-wise, and this year is no exception. This year, uh, if you go to DC Comics slash Batman Day, they give you an itinerary of everything that's going on. 
Um, you're going to see the Waze choose to be a superhero or villain, so you can drive around with Batman's voice, mood, and vehicle and Waze on the Riddlers. So that's something if you're into doing that. I've tried them both. Uh, Batman's a little underwhelming, to say the least, because uh, it's Kevin Conroy's voice, and he gives you voices in his gravelly Batman voice, but he doesn't say anything quirky with it. At least with Riddler, it's the gentleman who voices him from the animated series. At least there's some little quips and one-liners at the start and end of your uh, trip uh, yeah. with that. So Riddler is a better choice if you're doing that. Yeah, so that's going to be something if you're into. I know they're doing a virtual run this year, so I don't really know too much about that. So if you're into that, you might want to go check it out. They have the Batman 100 project going on, a, a Batman Day activity kit. Mm-hmm. They also, depending on where you are in the world, if your local comic book shop is celebrating it, sometimes you catch there you got deals going on. Yeah. So they're going to be celebrating Batman all over the place. Yeah. And you have to say, after how many years now, since 1939, I believe, mm-hmm. that the Dark Knight has lasted and become this iconic figure that they're having a shutdown day. It's absolutely, truly amazing to see. Yeah. I have to say. To say, what would be your favorite Batman moment? I think we ask this every year, but you know yeah. what? It could always change. Yeah. Um, favorite Batman moment for me, um, probably probably what was it? The one, uh, the the run where Bane broke his back. Nightfall. Nightfall. That, that one's up there for me. Yeah. That one's a great storyline for its time. Yeah. Like, I think it was very underrated like i don't want to say underrated mm. because i think for the the simple concept it was i think that was underrated where it went i think it got really out of control because once they broke batman right and they had uh john paul valley aka Azrael, take over the mantle right that's when things got weird i think the storyline was completely crazy and i think it was absolutely brilliant though yeah was the one way you beat batman you wear him down <laughs> that you just take the slim pickings and, and to quote ivan drago i break you yeah and one of the most iconic scenes of all of comics. Uh-huh. I remember reading that. I was like, oh, my God. And just to see where it spawned after that, like I said, when they put Azrael in the mantle of the bat uh-huh. and he started crossing the line that Batman wouldn't and Batman yeah. had to basically rehabilitate himself and take over the mantle. I know that was kind of a very interesting moment for the fan base, and I have to agree with that. Sure. But to see where he started out from being the simple detective who – took his parents' death and ran with it to become a one-man army against uh, evil, mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting storyline. Now, obviously, it's gone in some weird places over the years. Yeah. His rogues gallery is top-notch. I don't... I think Absolutely. I mean, there's very few heroes that give him a run for the money. Superman... Or Spider-Man and the Flash, are, yeah. I think, are the two and three. Yeah, yeah. But for what you get out of Batman, and the, I mean, for me, the storylines, I've always said, Nightfall is always one. Year one is another. Yes. The Dark Knight Returns has always been... A crazy one for me, but it's up there for the time period. And I, you always hear me preach about Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run. Mm-hmm. Always on here. And I, for me, that re- gave me some new energy about Batman because for being a character that's been around as long as he has, to see a writer and artist take him and really go into a different direction and really give him a new concept to deal with, mm-hmm. I thought was so fascinating at the time. And for yeah. what they introduced with the Court of Owls, yeah. I thought was absolutely brilliant. So to see that it still has that longevity and still, like I keep preaching about, if you have a great writer and artist that can breathe life into a character that's been around for as long as they have and give it a fresh feel, mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing. So all of that being said, like I say, I, I there's so many Batman moments for me from the movies to the TV shows to the comics He's just such a pop culture icon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough for me to nail down. But I will say, if I have to give a plug right now, I will plug what's going on in James Tynan's Joker War. Okay. I think that that has been absolutely 
crazy. Yeah. And I love what they're doing. It's, oh, yeah. And especially for Tynan to come in there and pick up the slack from Tom King. That I mean, King set a bar, love him or hate him, mm-hmm. he set a bar pretty high. Yeah, he did. For how long he's writing, and we know that Batman Catwoman is coming out. The release date is finally. Yeah, is, was finally released. It's gonna. It, Tynan has ran the ball and really carved his own notch in it. It has a different feel to the book, which I like. So I will say that is my recommendation for this Batman Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure you're celebrating this Saturday. Yeah. Hit us up on the hashtag hashtag ODPH. What is your favorite Batman story? I'm gonna throw that to the ODPH Society. Okay. What is your favorite Batman story? Or why does Batman matter so much? Let us have that conversation. Yeah. And like I say, check out your local comic book shops to see what they're doing to celebrate. I guarantee you they are. Probably. And like I say, for more information about Batman Day, head over to dccomics.com slash Batman Day and celebrate this weekend. Yeah, also a comic recommendation for me. Uh, out in the Marvel side uh, this weekend, you have Darth Vader issue number five uh, from Greg Pak. Uh, description of this, and I'll sell you on this alone. Uh, the description reads, A quest for truth, a journey of destruction. Darth Vader's search for revenge against those who hid his son Luke reaches a terrible climax at the tomb of Padme Amidala. What secrets does he learn, and who will pl- pay as a result? All the answers are coming in the ruins of Polis Massa, the birthplace of Luke Skywalker. They are going places, and I love it. They're going a lot of places. Definitely hit up your local comic book shops. Check out your local comic book podcast wherever you are listening to. We always recommend Cheers to Comics. We'll always give a shout-out to the Comic Book Keepers, Ghost of the Stratosphere, Wednesday Poll List. The list goes on and on and on. Where do you find out about all those, Pat? Uh, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's right. You can head on over to the ODPH directory and check out all the amazing Podchaser lists that we are a part of as members of groups such as Pod Nation, the Legion Independent Podcast, Alternate Reality Radio, the Apocalypse, which is still pod rating us, and we definitely appreciate everybody dropping the reviews and downloads this week. And, of course, Hashtag 67 Podcast with our friends over at 8122 Productions. Mike C., Rich Ron, and Hashtag Big Natty Cool still on Twitter. And, actually, they are doing a live Twitch unveiling right now oh, of some uh, interesting. Yes, of some uh, game packs right now. Cool. So if you want to find out what the heck we are talking about, and especially they, they just unveiled the new uh, Yoda emoji. Oh, Lord. Yes. That's awesome. Big things are going on in that chat, so if you want to find out what's going on with 8122 Productions, you go to 8122productions.com. You can sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions, and you can just head on over to twitch.tv slash 607podcast for all of the streaming news that we have going on because we have a lot of events coming on especially october 3rd dmg a thon heading uh all day saturday we're going to be doing a live podcast and some more stuff when and that night is the semi-concert so to speak shout out the robots and floodlands are playing enough said enough said where do you find out about them you go over the music section while you're at the odph page and you can check out everything going on with them you can check out Fair City Fire, Second Suitor, all the great bands you hear on there. And also at the ODPH directory, you can check out our good friends of the show, such as Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who Pad still has not accepted that apology for. Fuck the Power Rangers. Wow. Whoa. 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 That was some heat right there. Tom will be responding on Twitter, I'm assuming. So this is going to get fun. So obviously, you can check out everything going on with Off the Cuff Gaming. You can check on everything going on at Excite Wrestling. You can check out organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter and voter registration and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. 112 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku or Amazon Fire. 63 days, still no Peacock app on Amazon Fire Stick or Roku. He has the best stats in the business. 
Don't even bother and add us about it. I'm your host, Ken M. Also, check out Pina Comics because they do a great podcast as well. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. (laughs) 